Hello everyone, welcome to Frame Trap. As you can probably already tell, my voice is destroyed. Um, I'm still getting over a cold, and we shot four hours of tabletop escapades yesterday, and during it, like, I, I felt pretty okay. Yeah. I felt like I could handle it, but uh, when I went home afterwards, I was just a wreck. And it's because of the so, adrenaline rush. The adrenaline of our rush. Party. Of your, we had some good episodes. <laughs> yes. We got, we got into crazy character crazy stuff well. on the horizon there. <clears throat> but it means my voice is going to be a little bit hoarse, so I apologize for that during the episode. I also might be coughing a little bit, so just to get all this out of the way, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> The show must go on. With me today... You're a warrior, Ben. I have a, a rather fastidious panel, including Brandon Jones. Yeah. Yeah, look at yeah. that. Boy, Brandon, I'm excited. I was over there, and I walked over here, and I'm on the show. You've got a, you've got a gleam in your eye. Like you're, you're I love Frame Trap. You're I love excited it. to talk about it. It instills me with pride in the things that I'm playing. You can play Ooh. some stuff, but like in a Frame Trap, like, oh, I get to talk about I what I'm playing. About it, yeah. yeah. And they're all going to validate it, because you have to. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we're just a supportive crew. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love knowing what you What's playing? something, I guess, that one of us could say that they're playing that we would all just, like... Scoff at? Yeah. Battleborn, maybe? Battleborn. Battleborn. Yeah. If Kyle, if Kyle Osman came in and was like, so I've been playing Battleborn, we would be and... like... And... But and no one, what would be funny about that is yeah. no one would take it seriously. Yeah. He'd be like, no, you're not. Yeah. No, but then yeah. he'd be like, there's some parts where you can take a knee and the context of the character... <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Kyle. We do. We do. Every time we make a joke about Kyle, there's always a comment that says, like, why do you hate Kyle? And it's like, yeah, we love you Kyle. don't understand. He's very we hateable. Because we, we love. No, he's, he's very lovable. Mm-hmm. I love that Kyle got saved in our gearbox. It's like, well, seriously, that's harsh. We love Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to be overly harsh. Kyle's okay. <laughs> that's how we roll. Um, Ian Hink. Hi. That's some lovely tea you got. Uh, I was... A half hour late to my own show, and so you and Hubert got tea. had a nice little stroll and got some tea. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little jealous of that. A little walk. Yeah. I love walking. Michael Hubert. Went on a walk. I'm excited to be here, Ben. I missed, the, missed you. Missed this. Uh-huh. Yeah, I missed it too. It's been a long time. <clears throat> so you've said to me several times, like over the last couple of weeks, where I was, I was talking to him about being on Frame Trap because <laughs> there were things that we wanted to talk about. He's like, five hour Frame Trap? And five I'm like, hours. Ha ha. And then... <laughs> Every time I saw him, he would come up to me and be like, five-hour frame trap. <laughs> I think it was a threat. So, it's a promise. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if we could make it five hours. Like if, if like Ben would just have to shut it down at some point. Like, I can't do half the show, but we have to end yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of how much time we actually have on the cards. Right. That's our limiting One factor. card is 222 minutes, and the other one is 55. So whatever a, that is. I think it's just under three. I think we have almost yeah. three hours. 220 okay. minutes? Because I know we've shot two different shows at one point, and that was pushing it. It's got to be at least four, because yeah. we shot four. We it's shot like four and four, a half. It's about four and a half. Yeah, yeah, because we shot uh, four tabletops. The first one was an hour and 14, wow. and then the rest were like an hour on the nose, and well, we had yeah, 12 minutes good. left. Okay. So, yeah, it's like four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. Four and a half hour frame trap. Four and a half hour frame trap. <laughs> but we rolled for a while before we started, so like four hour frame trap. The the podcast where we talk about how many minutes are on the cards. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, it off. everybody. That's well, the hook, baby. Happy New Year. Um, sorry, but, but uh, before we get into our three hundred minute show or whatever it is, uh, I do want to talk about the holidays. I, this is something mm. that. Uh, I think it's kind of a wonderful opportunity. I want to know what you guys did. Mm-hmm. You spent time with family. Did you play a lot of video games? Like, what'd you do? What'd you do? This is open to anyone. I'm not going to go in order here. You're looking right at me, so I, I guess am. I'll talk. <laughs> uh, I went to Orlando with my family. Uh, we go there 
once a year usually because there's a timeshare or whatever. And we went to Disney World. Yes. And we went to uh, Universal Studios mm-hmm. yes. Orlando, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, the Star Wars fireworks thing at Disney. It used to be MGM, but now Hollywood it's Disney's Studios. Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. We said, is it, is it Disney Hollywood? Disney's Hollywood it's, it's Studios? It's Disney's Brandon Hollywood Studios. Oh, I didn't know that Disney was in there. It might. It's, it, it's often referred to as Disney's Studios as well. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, they do a fireworks Star Wars show that has all the Star Wars music, and they're pro- oh, they're projecting stuff under the Grauman's Theater there, Ugh. and and like fireworks. <laughs> I want it. Are going off, and then like. Uh, the end, they have the two hands, you know, with the lightsaber, and it's on the Grauman's Theater, and then just huge white light just goes out of the top of it, so, like, the entire place is a lightsaber. Whoa. It's bonkers. I was, like, near tears. <laughs> Do the fireworks make shapes? Uh, One of them actually did kind of look like the Death Star exploding because it was like a circle with a ring around it. Yeah. So they, they can do, did like, that. smiley faces yeah, and stuff they like did that, that. like, heart shapes. So right. I was like, they did a Death Star, and that was cool. Um, so that was a fun trip. And then I went back to Wisconsin slash Minnesota. It's on the border. So basically Minnesota. Um, and, uh, you know, hung out for a week, played a lot of let it die, played, uh, Diablo three with my family. Uh, it was good times. Good. Good. Uh, I want to ask you guys, cause you Got two a trainer kite, you two specifically will be able to answer this lifelong question of mine. Oh, <sighs> I've been to Disneyland three million times because I live right there, you know, had a pass as a kid growing up and yeah. in high school, whatever. Um, <clears throat> never been to Disney World. And I always, you ask people and they always give you a different answer. What's better, Disney World or Disneyland? It's always different. 50-50 down the line. This is a whole different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just gut, here's, gut here's reaction. The thing. Here's what the thing. do you guys like more, Disney World or Disneyland? Going to World is an absolute treat. Yeah. World is amazing. Because World is Four parks plus the ESPN zone plus yeah. two water parks plus all the hotels that are cool themselves. Just to go to like a resort and eat there is amazing. Mm-hmm. So it yeah it's it's like there's just so much more to do there. Mm-hmm. Individual parks, yeah. uh, I think all all four of those main parks. Uh, like I, I think the Disneyland the, they called Magic Kingdom in Florida is not as good as our Magic Kingdom here. Okay. There it is. Because it doesn't that's, have Star Tours, doesn't have Matterhorn, doesn't have Indy, doesn't have... There's like a lot of stuff that's in our park now. Right, and Jones stamp. The, tr- the train going around, their Magic Kingdom is a joke. There's nothing on it. It's just like grass and trees. Right, like, but, thanks. We're uh, not putting anything on the train Hollywood I can look Studios at. Hollywood Studios has Star Tours. It's amazing. It has Animal Indiana Jones Kingdom Stuncher. has Everest, which is better than Matterhorn. Right. Uh, like, <laughs> all of that is there. So yeah, when you add everything up, there's no question. Disney World on the whole is just kind of better. Mm. Disneyland, because I've only been to Disneyland twice, and I've been to Disney World like 28 times. Oh, okay. But, like, uh, I thought Disneyland would be, like, podunk and aged and small and mm-hmm. cramped, uh, and it's not. It feels basically the same as Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there are little differences. And to me, the differences are what make them different enough that they're both special. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, like, the yeah, fact yeah. that the other one has indie, but... Disney World, uh, Hollywood Studios has the indie stunt show that isn't out here. And, like, all those kinds of little differences. In the fa- I mean, the fact that they're keeping Tower of Terror matters to me because oh, yeah. I really mm-hmm. love Tower of Terror a lot. Like, the aste- that aesthetic yeah. is really big for me. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I'm more used to the versions of rides over there than here. Mm. Uh, like, the Haunted Mansion there is my Haunted Mansion, you know? It's the Superior. 
The Haunted Mansion yeah. in, in that Disney World is the best. Okay, yeah. I don't know about best in the world, but certainly best in the U.S. Okay. Between the two. They're but it's like talking about different. your favorite Metal Gears. It doesn't mean like, right. I think Metal Gear 2 is bad. It's just I really like the first one, you know? Yeah. Uh, Correct. And, and, yeah. I could, and I could talk about... <laughs> Correct. There you go. I, I could rip any of those games apart in pursuit of finding the best one, but it doesn't mean I don't I right. think it's a bad game. Because like, me, Epcot Center is huge too, though. Like, I've heard about it that. It doesn't... Yeah. It's, it's feel... Epcot feels different than the other ones. Um, and they've definitely, over the last few years, the front half of the park, the like future part of the park, innovations, feels a lot less... There's less focus on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the World Showcase is really cool... It, it does a good job of capturing kind of what it's like the Japan store there would like blow your mind. Um, it's huge. We'll see. Well, he's it's been incredible. to Japan. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. It, it feels kind of like Japan except a little, there's more space. But like uh, they do really cool showcases. They have people during the holidays talking about different holiday celebrations in their country. Like this woman was just describing Japanese like holiday celebrations and it was awesome. That's and then cool. there was like some taiko drumming. It was great. Um, but illuminations which is the fireworks show that they do every night um at epcot at epcot in the lake in the middle is the single greatest fireworks display that you'll you're ever likely to see Jeez. and during the holiday season they also do this thing at the end where it's like let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me or whatever Jolly. and it's just like white fireworks at the end and it's just like the entire sky is just like going insane with these fire and like if if you're not moved like you're just having the worst day well, there's no bad seat too there's, and, there's and no like, bad there's no place you can stand no, within yeah. epcot that you can't see oh. the show and you, you know? can get a fast pass that has like a special zone to see it too that's wise but like oh my god professionals oh well, it's, but- it's just like it's the single greatest thing because yeah. because to me that like more so than rides, it's vibes yeah. and, and coziness and sure. jolliness. And design, like, you can't beat it. It's Disneyland certainly is cozy. It's, it's so interesting that you cozy. don't think Disneyland's cramped because as the, the, the uber fan of Disneyland, it's hella cramped. <laughs> no, well, I, I just, I thought it would <laughs> be... Or I went to Disney World, it's like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're definitely, I just thought it would be really right. prohibitively cramped. Sure. Um, and I think I went there on not a busy day. Yeah. Like, like uh, Diagon Alley... Also, the Universal Studios there, no contest, blows the hell out of the Universal Studios here. Like, Universal Studios here is, like, right. actively garbage compared to that one. Because they don't have a lot of space. They don't have any space. Like, here the layout is detrimental to the park. It's, like, really bad. You have to, like, walk for 20 minutes just to get to the two rides on it's the like bottom. It's like the Grand Escalator of boredom. It's awful. And, like... And I'm, a little, I'm a little torn. Because I feel like we've hit on a vein that yeah. that you're both very passionate about, <laughs> yeah. but I still want to know what happened during your holiday break. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let we you have talk it, for the rest. I'll we let well, you and uh, then what? I do, the last thing I wanted to say, uh, besides, I do want to talk about my kite. But uh, the um, the the Universal Studios Orlando has hog Hogsmeade, which is pretty much exactly the same as the Hogsmeade here. It's like basically the same amount better. of space, mm-hmm. but it's a little it's a little better. But also has the Hogwarts Express, which is a train that takes you from the Universal Islands of Adventure side of the mm. park to the Universal Studios side of the park. You need to have a park hopper pass to go between them both. But the train itself is incredible. The window has a, a screen yeah, on the it's, outside. It's, it's really impressive. It, and I knew all about it before I went and was still blown away. I don't like, even... Oh. I've never heard of this. The, screen, the, the window you has a screen. You take the Hogwarts you take Express. The Hogwarts in both directions. It's in a different, different ride going back ride. or going there. Oh totally different thing. Different God. stuff flies the, by the window. Oh the window has the window outside has 
like different events that happen from Hogwarts to London and then from London to Hogwarts. But then the coolest thing too is there's the fogged glass that's on the doorway coming in and they project things onto that too. Dementors. And it looks so yeah, like Dementors, the Dementors, lady with the cart goes the by. The cart goes Harry, by, yeah. somebody drops spiders, somebody drops frogs. Ron and Hermione and Harry are like looking for a, a car and like Ron pushes his face against the glass and like it looks real. It's awesome. Crazy, yeah. And you hear their voice and they're like, and it's like, nah, this one's taken. And it's then just they first like, years. Mess. Yeah, it's a bunch of first. <laughs> it's great. And then, um, and then you get into Diagon Alley, and then oh you come God. out into London. It looks just like London Station. Like it, they don't they don't play their hand at all. It's London Station, and then Diagon Alley is not labeled on the outside. It's just a brick wall. And then you're like, why are there so many people milling around? And then you go walk around it, and you hear the bricks moving noise. And then you're in Diagon Alley. And it's huge. Diagon Alley is cramped as hell because it's so popular that there are always just way too many people in there. But if you have an interactive wand, you can like make stuff happen. And like uh, the Gringotts ride, I actually don't like because it just stops a bunch of yeah, times. I, it's I like was, not. I, I, great. I was the negative Nancy when we. I don't like it. But it's like boring. It's boring. It's, but the line is cool. They have a Nocturne Alley Huber that's dark Nocturne and cold Alley. and shadowy and like, also, and like, like all the all the nasty shirts are all sold in the yeah. stores in there and like, and like it's barely also advertised. There's like a tiny sign that says Nocturne Alley, but like it just looks like it looks like if you're not paying attention, you just assume that this little dark alleyway is like where the employees go with mm. the like garbage carts. But then you walk back there and you're like, oh, I'm an evil wizard now. Like this is great. Um, Anyway, yeah, also my sister gave me an eight-foot trainer kite, like the kind that you learn to use for, like, kiteboarding. Whoa. It, like, pulls you because it's so big. It's in the Shit. warning. It's, like, says multiple times, like, not used, not for use with man-lifting activities. Man-lifting? Which lifting? is pretty... Man-lifting activities. What the hell is man-lifting? Any activity that involves lifting a man, I suppose. <laughs> I was hoping that was, like, a let-it-die item. You know, like oh a kite God. following you around or something. <laughs> That'd be and, like, hilarious. Coins Flying like. a kite... Sounds so simple that, like, it sounds appealing to me. Like, I'd find peace I've got, just yeah. flying. I've got kite. two in my trunk right now. One of them yeah. is just like a let it fly huh? yeah. kite that fly. just, like, does its thing with one string. I have a stunt kite that you can, like, do, like, cool stuff with. And then this one has a bar and, like, a safety harness that, like, if they say if the kite gets out of control, release the control bar. And then the, the wristband that you're wearing will pull on the the like safety ripcord and cause the kite to crash. <laughs> it's incredible. Sounds like you had a fun break. It was pretty yeah. cool. Jeez. <laughs> Beats mine. I had a very like I didn't really go anywhere crazy or do anything crazy. Mm -hmm. I just it was one of those breaks where I got to just read nice. and like catch up on shows that I wanted to catch up on and That sounds nice. Just sit and chat with people. That was really nice. I drank a lot of beer. Nice. Good. Excellent. Yeah. Watching so, Forensic Files was the only time we got to relax. Yeah. I, I texted Ian on Christmas Day. Yeah, he's like, I was like, Ian, there's a Forensic Files marathon on Christmas Day right now. Drop was, everything. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know. Yeah. It's <laughs> like that rolling. It's like, yo, Forensic Files, take a day off. Come yeah. on. Yeah. It's Christmas Day. No, but that is their day off. Yeah. I looked into it. HLN, 53% of their broadcast airtime is Forensic Files. Oh, sure. That's like... Because it's, it's it, from it, like 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. when they're not doing news or whatever. They're showing Forensic The only reason files. I know HLN is a network is because I was like, what's that Forensic Files channel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had to it remember the name the of it. It is Forensic Files channel. Uh, anyway. For my break, yeah, I just saw a bunch of family and played a ton 
of video games. So many games. This is the first time. I have and a hopefully list. maybe the only time he has a list of I like never twenty write games. Anything down. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. Played it's a ton of games. Saw some movies. And I know that you left some off of this list too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the best one. And yeah, uh, there's something about my. Uh, there's something about like I, I love baseball more than any sport. I don't. I I will watch other sports, but not. Not often, like if I'm alone or, or with Beth or anything, it's like I'm only, I'm really only watching baseball. Something about the holidays with my dad and my grandpa, though, like I'm all in on sports. And the best part is, little story time, my grandpa, Grandpa Bob, Bob Hollister, my grandpa has a bookie. <laughs> my grandpa has a straight up bookie and places bets on sporting events so like football games whatever so like on christmas and thanksgiving when there's 10 basketball games or 10 football games he always has a stake in it and like minor he he, he bets for fun he bets like 10 or 20 bucks on a, on a game okay. or whatever with okay, like his good. neighbor I'm like, I'm like, yeah no. is he like not fun to be around when he loses or no like, doesn't okay. total like throw away money like, not like 12 grand or something and any and he always does like the year-end result of the betting and it's always plus or minus a couple hundred bucks like when mm. it's all said and done like nothing crazy but it's so fun because he like does Vegas style betting on these games. So he'll have like, I got Dallas plus three, yeah. <laughs> or like I got Miami minus seven. So it's like, it just makes it so much more exciting because then we have like a team we're rooting for for my grandpa. So just like sitting around with absolutely nothing to do watching sports with my family is like. It doesn't get less stressful than that. It's the best. It's the best ever. I feel like I'm going to cherish this forever. Michael <laughs> Huber telling me about his yeah. Vegas-style betting grandfather during the holidays. Yeah, he's got a you, How wonderful is that? Have you ever played left-right-center? <laughs> no. It's like a dice game. My aunt and uncle were all about it. My uncle had apparently been saving dollar bills all year. And he's, like, rich as hell. Yeah. But, like, so it was hilarious. Like, because he came out with, like, $33 bills. And then my cousin was like, Dad... Is this all the dollars you've been able to save all year? You should keep these. <laughs> but then what you do is everyone starts with three dollars or whatever. Yeah. You roll three dice and they either say left, center, or right. That's, on I did them. play that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if it says if they say left for all the lefts, you have, you pass that many dollars to the left. For right, you pass that many dollars to the right. And if it says center, you have to put that many dollars in the center. That's and fun. it just goes until there's only one person with any money left. Yeah. And then they get all the money in the center. That's fun. So, like, my cousin won $33. Nice. <laughs> like, it's, like, the dumbest game. It's, like, only random. But it was kind of fun. Your grandpa might like it is the reason yeah. I brought it up. Yeah. Brandon Jones, what did you do? I went to our first and one of the biggest national parks in the United States of America, Yellowstone. Ah. Uh, where I had been previously, but I had only been in the summer. And that is a different, different park it in the winter, I will park. tell you. Uh, the, one, one of my favorite things about this is we went on, like, nature tours. We went on snowshoe hikes. Uh, went, uh, you know, they have lots of geysers. So, like, went on these, like, walkways to go see these geysers. And you have to earn it. Like, you, it's not just like, hey, let's go on a walk, honey, which is hilarious because, like, all the signs that I would see, like warning signs, or like here, hike this way, would have pictures, would have people in like sandals and shorts, just like, <laughs> look, honey, a geyser. Meanwhile, I'm like, you know, base layer jeans, snow things on top of that, boots, like huge coat, like this is all you're seeing of Jones, like the entire time. Yeah. Um, 
but it means that all the people that are there aren't just like stopping by Yellowstone. They're like, I want to be here. Like, I want to know this. So it's crazy going on like a nature tour and like Amanda shouts like elk and the guy slams on the brakes and everyone's like, what? And like everyone looks out like we're getting out of the, the bus. And they all hop out. We're all taking elk. pictures. So it's fun to like be around people that like love nature and like mm-hmm. are there you know, because like even like Disney World, you know, you could get like the one kid on his 3DS, just like yeah, oh, my yeah. family. Man. And it wasn't any of that. Like all the kids were like asking great questions. Yeah. And PJ. My favorite is the, the. Did you see the rivers like steaming? That's what's crazy. Is it's on a volcano. Yeah. So you're in 20 below weather, but there's all the rivers are melted. Like all the rivers are running because uh, you have all these hot springs that are dumping into it, or there's just lava like three miles down. So the earth uh-huh. itself is really warm. Whoa. So it's just, yeah, it was like mass effect. It's just crazy seeing, you know, trees and then just like huge oceans of steam yeah. just coming up over the hills. It's and, beautiful. How did you yeah. get into the park? You, uh, we, we landed at the top in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, wow. tried, I want to get a picture of Bozeman. It's B-O-Z-E-M-A-N. And there's just never a good like Bozeman sign. Right. Um, and uh, so we get there, and then we go up to the uh, the, the north entrance, and then take a bus uh, okay. that Huber, you'd love these things that either have uh, like tank treads on the side, <laughs> or huge like monster truck wheels, <laughs> and these things just roll like twenty miles an hour. I was like Halloran in The Shining, <laughs> That's basically, awesome. like gotta get to the Overlook. <laughs> that sounds get awesome. But you do that for like yeah, getting in was like four or five hours. Yeah. Just in when I when I went in the yeah. winter, we snowmobiled in from the south. So that was rad. Snowmobiles is the one thing I was kind of bummed. Yeah. My my the in laws are not like big snowmobile type yeah, people. Yeah. So whereas like if I went with my parents, it'd be like snowmobiles yeah. for sure. But uh, and it's funny too because they're always if you're hiking on the side of the road, they're like if you see a snowmobile, just step off the road because that might be literally the first time they've ever been on a snowmobile <laughs> and might have literally just taken that left and you're the first thing they see. So just <laughs> yeah. give them space. Just give them, give them. But um, that was really cool and it was neat. You know, after this you know record breaking hot year we had in California, it was nice getting in like zero degree weather and just like oh, taking the gloves off and just like letting yourself freeze a little bit. You know. You know what I like about you, Brandon, that I can't say for any of the other allies is uh, all of the allies are good at getting me excited about things. Like there are movies or games or music or whatever that they could talk about. And I'm like, oh, I should really check that out. You're the only one where I'm like, I should do more stuff outside. <laughs> um, and just to hear your enthusiasm for it and the experiences that you have. I think but, really that, cool. but I mean, like every morning I got up, I was like, oh, crap. I got to yeah. get, I put, you know, putting on all the clothes. And sure. it's like, I don't want to do this. And a man, a couple of times, she's like, you can sit this one out. If you just want to hang out the lodge and like, you know, like play cards or something, like that's fine. And I was like, oh, I want to go. And then once I would get out there, it's like, oh, yeah. this is great. I'm so glad I came out sure. here. But, um, and then I went to Florida, but did not go to Disney World. Um, went that's to, went, went to hang with God. the in laws. It's always a trick with Why? the in laws. Because they, they can't, if you fly into Florida, they'll be sad because Amanda's in Florida, but she's not home with them. Right. She's like three hours away. Yeah. And uh, my mother-in-law is like tolerant with theme parks. My father-in-law loves it, but it's just like, it's always that question of like, yeah, how yeah. do we get, how do we make that happen? What you do is you fly in, do a day at Disney, and then drive right. down to see them. So I've tried, even that day is, yeah. is rough. Of course, going to Disney World with a park hopper is like. I don't know if I could just do it's, one day. It's Well, also it's like. I was standing next to my dad one year when he bought the tickets. Like, Park Hopper passes for five of us is like six grand. Yeah. It's insane. That's why they have packages, basically. Yeah. They're like, do a big ridiculous. trip because you're going to save money at the end yeah. of the day. Um, but, uh, uh, and it was way hot. It's like Christmas Day. It was like 85, like in Florida, um, which is a little bit unseasonal. Didn't play a ton of games. Are we doing games too? Are we getting, are we getting this out of our system you're now? You're going to be the we... first person that I'm going to ask what you've been playing. So you okay, well, let me transition, transition right nicely. Because obviously didn't, didn't play a lot of games. 
uh, I, I had to bring all my luggage through Wyoming, through Yellowstone, so my PS4 froze its butt off in my backpack for, like, Ooh. five days. Then get it home to Florida and pop it in. I, I kept thinking, like, oh, no, cold. Is that bad for machines? It's like, oh, wait, no, they love the cold. What am I yeah, talking yeah. about? Like, that's why, like, server farms are, like, you know, yeah. freezing. Liquid uh, cool. So plug in that PS4. A game that I think you'll be you'll appreciate that I played was the Nier Automata demo. Oh, And boy. I loved it. So I liked the length. It was I nice. I ask. And I feel like I need to approach this the right way. That that is not something that I would envision you being naturally drawn to. Right. So what is it that? Made well, you what play? drew me to it was the the demo of nature of it. Was sure. Just like yes, I would love because I'm like I had 15 there, but I'm like every time I would get to play a game, it would only be for like 45 minutes. I'm like I don't play 15 for 45 minutes. I only play 15 for like a day. You know, like I went right. like the next time I have like a full day not sure. to do anything. It's like here we go. Um, I was like I'd love like Super Hot was a game I brought up a couple times which wasn't on PS4 and I did I, I could get on my laptop and it's like I don't want to play on my dinky laptop um, so there were like games I would think of that were like quick action games I could jump in just play an hour or two and be satisfied with and then that hit me where it was like oh yeah I hear that's like an hour and it's really fun and mm-hmm. um, and I would love to on the next Frame Trap or Easy Allies podcast or something like have have a frame of mind on this game which I probably won't play when it comes out but love the demo the, the camera got a little funky for me. In the demo, as far as like where I should go, like there were a couple of times I'd run to the end of a hallway and be like, I missed something clearly, yeah. and it was like, oh, I, it's that hallway, but the, when you had the camera up there, I couldn't see it because it was blocked by that pipe. Um, but just the fact that you're constantly attacking in that game is so much fun. Like mm-hmm. I, it, it's 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 rare for me to go in as confident as I was in that game. Like to have these giant machines, I have a big buzzsaw. And I'm just like, ha, screw you, I'm not, you're, you can't hit me, <laughs> and I'm co- I'm constantly doing damage to it. It's not like oh, I gotta wait for a, an, an, you know, like an exposure point or I got to wait for it to like get tired and then I can run in really close, but I got to back away, you know, like dark souls bloodborne style. Cause it's going to do this big attack. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to hang back here and just fire the whole time. And the game yep. just automatically takes health potions. Like, <laughs> so it's realized that yeah. halfway through, I was like, Oh, I'm, I've been getting hurt. Okay. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, just that it, it, it reminded me actually of, like devil may cry more than anything. Yeah, it's just like, I, I'm, I constantly have an option to do damage to something. And that's really rewarding in an action game. Man, yeah. I miss devil may cry. Yeah. <laughs> and something that I think Platinum Games does well, um, and you see that in the Nier Automata demo, and I think it's kind of what you're talking about, is it's not like you're fighting one enemy at a time. It's like, okay, there's a bunch of enemies here, but I'm going to take this one down, and I'm going to take this one down. It all kind of like flows together. Yeah. Like you finish killing something, and you th- that attack goes into another enemy. Like there's a momentum there, yeah. you know, that feels really, really good and it's makes like, the fight so it's much like fun. Enemy hell. Is yeah. There bullet hell. Well, there's bullet hell. There's as definitely well. bullets. Right, yeah. There's big bullet orbs that fly all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, question: Something that I've uh, seen a lot of people who haven't played near mm-hmm. and aren't familiar with kind of all of the weird things that it does. How did you feel about the change in perspective? Sometimes where you would have like a top-down perspective. I, um, I I liked it. As I said, the only problem I had with that is when it would block the way I was supposed to go. Okay. Because you, you you go into this refinery and it's like there's there's 20 floors to this thing and hallways and, and staircases and like 80% of those are decoration, you know, where it's like, it's kind of t- like, like me playing as many open world action games as I do. I'm just like, I can't just hop over this railing and go over there. And like, sure. no, you have to stick to the hallways and the st- like wrap around things. And, and so like, it's like God of War when the camera goes with you, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, and when it doesn't, or when you like, like for God of War, my big issue is when it would cut and I would be like fighting somebody right on that edge. And it's just oh, like zipping yeah. back and forth between camera angles. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it didn't, uh, the, the only issue thematically that I, I felt it was a little heavy for a demo, you know, it's like mm. the end of it was very just like, 
like, what are we going to do? And it's like, I just met you people an hour ago. I'm not, you know, like, like I, I'm, I'm curious about the story and actually where this takes place in the story. Yeah. Um, but um, tonally, it was a little. Yeah. Kotaku did an article. They said that it was the most shocking ending of a game this year was the near demo. Man, I, didn't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe shocking wasn't the word. They said it was yeah. like very, they were hyping it up though. I but, stopped on the bridge yeah. with the two big buzz saws. How close to the end was that? You're about halfway through. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh man, you should really get to yeah, the end of that demo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was a great. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that happens in yeah. that demo. It was, a, it was a great slice. So I have, I have a couple of questions about your experience with it. And I love that you're coming in fresh to it yeah. uh, because, like, I think you've enjoyed platinum games as well. But you're not like a super platinum nut, right? And you're certainly not a near. Legitimately nut. tried to give Revengeance a try and got spanked out of that game. Right. Like <laughs> hit a wall and gave up. Because it was too hard. Cyberwolf. I I love. Revengeance I think it might have been. I think it might have yeah. been that first. Sorry, everyone quits. Yeah. Sorry, everyone quits, Jones. Um, but <laughs> and I was eager. You know, I was like, I, okay, I, all right, come on, I can do this. I can do this. Like, no, you can't. No. Uh, the response that I had to the demo is when I got to the end, and some of the I won't spoil it for Ian or right. for our viewers that haven't checked it out yet. Please check it out. It's free. It's not very. It's long. free. It, yeah. Uh, is just the absurdity of how that final combat scenario resolves itself and what you end up doing. Did you have that response as well? Where you're like, oh God, like what's going to happen next? This is crazy. Well, what's funny is Nier has ruined demos for me. Oh yeah? <laughs> you know, like this damn game that came out with this demo that was a game, I, I would have paid $20 for that. Like for that <laughs> demo experience that I had. Like, you're saying you Neo? Know, you meant uh, Neo? Oh, sorry, Neo. Neo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, I was all, like, all my, all my Japanese N RPGs are... Yeah, are the Neo Beta 2, yeah, was like a game. Yeah. So <laughs> going into this, I, when when it was all over, I was like, oh, I, yeah, that's how long demos are, of course. Like, this is <laughs> right. a good demo that they normally release. This demo wasn't this 30 wasn't hours? This wasn't super overachieving. Like, it wasn't like New Game Plus now? Here, here's yeah. these 10 other weapons. Like, oh. <laughs> um, so it was... I, I just kind of rolled with the punches. I wasn't. I didn't really have a lot of expectations, you know, going into like sure. each different phase and when they would switch gameplay styles and stuff like that. Um, so, so when when they rolled credits, I was like, oh, oh okay. Cool. I liked it when it went side scroller. I didn't expect it to do that. Like the side on view. Yeah, so top down view was less my style, but I liked the side view a lot too. It's it's so interesting because there there are so many different ways that people are approaching this game, but it is absolutely a sequel to Nier, and that's that's kind of one of Nier's calling cards is how often it changes style. Uh -huh. That's a game that turns into a text adventure at one point. What? Like it just it just does it. Um, <laughs> okay. There are yeah, there's a lot of weird things about it that go beyond the story and the tone that that kind of blend into it mechanically as well. And it's interesting seeing people like respond favorably or unfavorably to it and and what they're attributing it to. Like, oh, they're just like, oh, that's just platinum being weird. And it's like, no. Uh, do you do you anticipate uh, this near ha having to beat it multiple times like the the first one? Um. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's. That's going to be expected for people that have played Yoko Taro's games. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I actually don't know if you have to beat yeah. uh, Automata. That's that's driving me nuts, by the way, because it, the the word is automata. <laughs> yeah, the correct but pronunciation they is say automata. I just, you like how I avoided it right there? Yeah, yeah. the new I, near. I was right, like, yeah. I'm not even gonna near open two, it. near yeah. a. No, it's just <laughs> near. I want to I want to pronounce near it correctly, but I feel like I've I've kind of gone through. To, it's it's difficult in life when to do something correctly means you have to do it incorrectly. You're damned if you do, and you're yeah. damned, you're damned you if you do. You're yeah. damned if you don't. Um, uh, what, one thing that I appreciated about it was enemies hunt you. 
that like there was a guy up on a second floor then i was like ah, forget you i'm gonna move on right and then i went on and i was like oh i think i gotta get in i turned around and he was right that like he followed me <laughs> all the way down the refinery thing and i love that i love enemies with the grudge um i want to get back to your multiple playthroughs thing but another question i had for you brandon is um it's a game that I think you were talking about is, is very serious uh, mm. with what happens to those main characters and uh, is very cryptic and doesn't provide great context for the world and what's going on. Um, so in spite of all of that, did you find yourself in, like curious at all? Like, did you sure. want to know more? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was going I, on? I do like that you, I, I think a good demo to do is not the first level. Like, I'm always bummed when I play a game and the first level is like, oh, I play this as the demo. I love that mid-slice where you're yeah. just kind of thrown in and you're like, mm -hmm. whoa, and they'll say things like, I, I don't understand what you're talking about because I don't I don't know who sent you here and why Why you, how many of there are you? Are you like, a, <laughs> are you like Jedi where there's like 500 of you and they just send them all over the world for stuff? Or are you special in some way? Like, are you breaking the rules by coming here, or are you, are you the type of person that just follows the rules? It was just in the end when it was like, you and I are so important. I'm like, not to me, sorry. <laughs> like, like, this is epic, but like, I just don't, you know, you're kind of expendable for me right now because I don't know who you are. But, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it, it definitely stuck, you know, to its theme, and it definitely, it definitely felt like a well-realized character. And they did have an interesting relationship, like the two, mm -hmm. uh, you know, these two people that you made. It'd be fun to play as other people. Did you only, were you only one character in the first Nier? Yes, you're only near. Okay. The, the titular near, so. So that, that are they nears? That's what they're that's what the they're called? Like those those agents or whatever? No, like, no. She's called like two B or something. Yeah, she's called two B and yeah. then her partner's yeah. Nine S or Nine something. S. Um so <sighs> you, you could say no and just go it, back to Huber. Like you don't have to No, it's <laughs> Like if I feel like if I explain anything, I'm explaining too much. But I feel like even if I were to explain it, it wouldn't make any sense. Sure. And so I'm just trying to figure out how to best tackle it. And I think the the best way is to not do it at all. Yeah. So uh, I will I will say this: Horizon is one of my most anticipated games of the year. Really looking forward to that. Yeah. I think I got a handle on that game. I don't think I don't think Horizon's going to surprise me a lot. I think if I played near Automata. Uh, Every 30 minutes, I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, you know, because I did that 10 times in this one hour demo, you know. Right. Uh, so I can't imagine the full game, and including crazy stuff I'm seeing, like running on mounts and these crazy big open areas and, um, from, from like gameplay out? videos and stuff. Uh, it comes out March 6th, I believe. Yeah. Oh, um, it's coming up. So you said yeah. you weren't going to play the full thing when it came out, or likely not going to play the full thing. Just because of time. Just, just because of looking time. back at 2016 and just kind of roughly gauging the time I will have for 17. To finish, certainly not. Problem, I mean, if we. Somebody's done, and they if there's a copy I can borrow. I'll definitely yeah. want to. I definitely want to try it out because I'd like to like progress. Like I feel you, you kind of jump into that game, and they just kind of throw you your tools, and that's it. Where like you don't get to level up or like make a choice between I'd like to maybe get this ability now versus that one. I'd be curious if uh, if the progression in that game is rewarding. There well. are like skill trees and stuff, right? You do change your abilities. Um, in near in near you 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 do progress your character, and you do get new equipment and things like okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you were talking, there's kind of two things I want to address. You, you were talking about like having to play the game multiple times and how yeah. that kind of being tedious and turning you off. Mm -hmm. um, I totally get that, and I definitely think that has been the case for some of Yokotaro's games before, but what I like about it is the reason that he does it is you get to see things from different angles in a really cool way. Cool. Um, and it's something that Zero Escape does really well in a similar way where, you know, your I think your initial gut reaction is, oh man, I have to play through this again. But it you end up not having that feeling because how they throw you for a loop and the direction go down, it, it's just it's just a great avenue for them to surprise you even further. Cool. Um, and that's where I can get behind it, and I think it's kind of cool. I, that that actually is a question I was going to ask. Like, because yeah. I don't I've never played near. 
Mm-hmm. You have to replay it in the sense that you replay Bloodborne to get the platinum, or you no. replay it in the sense of like Zero Time Dilemma or uh, Virtue's Last Reward, where like you can kind of like jump through it again, or it's different every time. Keep it's more like Zero Time Dilemma, where there are different paths. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think is the way to explain it. Um, and the other thing that I want to address is. When I said it was very much a sequel to Nier, uh, a lot of people are saying, should I go dig up a copy of the original Nier before I play this? Um, and it's it's a tough question to answer because I think there is value in that. Like, if you've got the time and you've got the desire, totally. But you absolutely do not need to... Like, where this is set after Nier, you absolutely do not need to play that game to make sense of the story. Like... These are new characters. Oh, you're and, not and the lot, same character. You're not the same character. Okay. There, there will be returning characters, but w- how they function with you and how they interact with you and the story they're trying to tell, you can just play this game and appreciate it on its own, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. Whenever a game is not called, you know, near two, right? I'm way more eager to jump in. It's sure. near, yeah. near sure. a. However, the hell you want to say it, automata. Yeah, it's, it's it's the number one question I get when At I get excited Omata. about a game is, do I have to play these previous games? And and even with like Yakuza Zero, somebody said, I'm I don't want to play this because I'm worried it'll be a Metal Gear Solid Three situation. And then I just thought about that. And I'm like, no, that's that's just Kojima being weird. Like you need to have the information in Metal Gear Solid Two to make sense of the insanity that happens in Metal Gear Solid Three. But that is not usually the case with prequels. I have one other game. Yes, please. Uh, I played a lot of Pokemon, but we, I, we do a show where I talk about that, so <laughs> uh, you can watch that. Um, but uh, love that Pokemon. And, What's and that I, show called, Brandon? And I really enjoyed Brandon's son, Kyle Moon. Oh, check it out. We got four out. parts of it. Uh, three, we actually have played the game. And the first one, we're just like, this game looks like fun. We'll have fun playing it. Uh, <laughs> Weirdly, but I did, I did appreciate sitting on, <laughs> sitting on a beach in Alola in 15 below weather. <laughs> you know, just like... Uh, like being in Wyoming, freezing my ass off, and like on my 3DS, I'm just chilling on the beach, you know, nice. catching Pokemon made of sand. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I also caught a, a Pokemon in Pokemon Go while snowshoeing. I really like that because I was just out, just crunching through the woods, and I was like, so I, w- cool. I wonder, I wonder if I got reception. I'm like, I do. I wonder. Hey, yeah, it's a Venonat. Okay, I'll get that. Um, but uh, a game came along over the holidays uh, that we we did for our first group stream of the year that blindsided me that I have been obsessed with since. Wow. And that is Google Earth VR. <laughs> oh my God. Because I love open world games. And one of the reasons why I love open world games and I love these damn towers is because I like, uh, I mean, do you take Bloodborne, for example? Like, it's really rewarding knowing okay. that map. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a really yes. rewarding yeah. feeling when you finally get the last area and you go yeah. through, you're playing that second time and you're like, I know where everything is now. I carry it with me in my heart always. Like, I, like, <laughs> I, like that climb to that point in every game whether it's open world or not like it just feels really good to me that like that sense of like i know where it is i I know where things are in relation to each other if i see a mountain i know it's on the other side of it and so it was crazy going it like we played like uh, don played it on our stream and i was like oh let me just check that out after everybody went home and like i like like, once the podcast was exporting i saved like two hours just going to all sorts of crazy places not to bring walt disney world back into the conversation but flew 
in real time, like like didn't like load up the Walt Disney World map, flew to Florida, which is like wee, like here. went over the Gulf. Yeah, I was just flying over the U.S. I was like right right up above the right like basically right at the ozone layer. Like I got stars above me and the earth below. Flew over Florida and tried to find it. it was just kind of like okay, I know it's around the middle right, here, right. and I don't know and like couldn't find it. And then was uh, thankfully it was one of the like favorites. It was one of like the ones you could preload. So I preloaded it and then flew straight up in the air and was like okay, oh there it is. And I'm like all right. So if I was like if I suddenly gained the ability to fly. I can find it. Uh, found Disneyland. Just found it. Knew exactly where it was. Like, flew over there, and I was like, I think that, because it, it takes a while for stuff to load in. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, standing over this, like, blue blob, and I'm like, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, it is. And then, like, yeah. it loads in. Um, but, like, when, it's just such a crazy thing. If you if you use Google Earth, uh, if, you, if you use just, like, you know, uh, uh, like, Google Maps on your phone, like, you can see stuff, and you can even see depth, and you can even on your screen go in and look at stuff. When you're when I'm physically standing over Los Angeles and it's like there's my house that's where I grew up there's Venice there's Malibu there and actually like see these things so it's fun to go to Walt Disney World and load in the Magic Kingdom and go up and be like do I know where Animal Kingdom is from here like can I just find it and it's funny because you get the map for Walt Disney World and they're like here's the parks and the rest is just trees and it's it's not like the rest is like where everyone lives and the resorts and other crazy uh -huh. stuff. And so it was fun, like like Tower of Terror. You mentioned that's a big building. It's like big. you can see that from really far yeah, away, yeah. and like I would go to the Hollywood Bowl, uh, which I've seen like so many shows there. And there's this dumb house up on the hill. Like every time I go to the bowl, I'm like, what is that? Is that like who lives there? There's no other houses around it. Yeah. Who takes this long ass road up this hill to like get to their house? And it's a house. Like I like went, like went over there, stand on the balcony, like looked around, like oh, like saw what the Hollywood Bowl looks like from there. And can just they when watch you actually every Hollywood Bowl show from that house? Uh, oh yeah, they can. Which I mean, sounds nice, but it's like a if you don't like the yeah, show, yeah, and b yeah. if you're having friends Cold over. Cold plays like, oh, there ignore, again, yeah. and you're like, ignore, like um, but or whoever, uh, I just pick them randomly. But I mean, like, like the Hollywood sign is the is one of the default ones that it loads to, and there's like a huge dam on the other side of like the 101. I was like, what the hell is this? It was like it's just really neat to get a sense of like how far because the earth seems like a big place but you like get in this thing and look around and it's like no there's la it's right there you know that's like, where gettys found mulray's body whoa i, I feel whoa. like more than was that, anything, was that on a tv show or is that real life chinatown oh okay more than anything that i've personally experienced in vr google earth is sort of the the epitome of the vr dream yeah where you can just go anywhere and see anything from the comfort of your couch that just it's nuts. sounds so idyllic. And it's a crazy thing because, like, I went to my parents' house and waited for a long time for it to kind of form and look like it used to. And it's, like, just Banjo-Kazooie. Like, you know, like, 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 like a wall that's like this is, like, but uh, the view was crazy. It was crazy, like, standing on my parents' uh, old balcony and looking out at the view and being like, that's the view. Like, that's exactly, I can see Malibu from here. I can see miles, like, farther than I could see in any console game release now. But I can see it on my PC and VR. It's crazy. And it's it's exciting because it's only going to look better. It's only going to run faster. It's only going to be something that Google's just going to keep working on and keep working on. Have you had the, the sensation um, where you, you're you not, you, like you had that experience with Google Earth VR and you've just been kind of doing daily tasks. You're like, oh, wait, I wonder what this place looks like. And you have like this urge to go and punch it in. That Hollywood Bowl moment was okay. me like literally sitting here like working on my laptop and I just I dropped the mouse, got up, <laughs> like went over, turned the PC on. was like, I really want to see this. Yeah, and uh, and it's yeah it's crazy because it's it's exciting to go places like the Taj Mahal. It's like okay, but I don't know if this really looks like that. You know, like once you really get close, like buildings are bad because once you really get close, it just doesn't. I think they worked on some areas more than others, um, but for me, the trippiest thing is to go somewhere you've been, go to street level, 
look around and be like, cool, and then take off, just fly straight up and like look around and be like, oh wow, that building over there that I thought was so far away is not that far. Or like, where's a golf course there? I didn't even know that was there. It's neat. So Jones, I've never heard you say you like that reasoning of open world, how you like to like learn the map. Right. I know we're going to talk about it later, I'm sure, spoilers, but it's one of my favorite things about Yakuza is that you're always in this town. So like going through each game over the years, yeah. it's like a new game will come out and it'll be like, okay, like meet you at that parking lot that I know, right. you know? Oh, that back alley over there? Yeah, sure. Oh, meet you at that bar? I heard, yeah. That's such a cool feeling in I that I heard you series. talking about that the other day. That reminded yeah. me of Liberty City stories on the, <laughs> on the PSP. When it was like, going back to Liberty City, it was the same map, it was the yeah. same area. They're like, we're going to go to the bank. Here, I was like, like... I know exactly where that is. <laughs> it, it, totally. It's something on paper that I think sounds like a knock against the city series where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, every game takes place in this city. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's so awesome mm-hmm. because as you grow with these characters, you see the city, the, yeah. the, sort of the central New character change. Pop up, kinda. And, and like, you'll know how to get around, <laughs> yeah. but just having that arcade, like have a new game in it or... Yeah. or yeah, just different things like that. Google totally. Earth, Yakuza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's like something I've always thought about is because eventually you know someone's just going to make a game called Earth where it's a one-to-one scale model of Earth and you can just GTA around in it. Right. Or like go to a job and like census data so like the number of people in all the houses is fairly accurate, you know? And like it'd be weird. There's, there's something weird I, game. I really kind of like though about the, the, the roughness of VR right now and I think mm-hmm. like Google Earth... Your, your experience and what I saw during the stream speaks to that is I know this is going to sound strange but I kind of like that it has to like load in sure. and that like not everything is perfect because I think that just makes me even more curious if I could just like fly everywhere and have it be one to one like there's this yeah. there's this you gotta work mystique. for it you gotta every, work for yeah, it yeah every time I put on VR I, I'm thinking about potential like mm-hmm. it, this hasn't been figured out yet and I I always think that's kind of a cool phase with it, technology. It feels kind of like the the '90s cyberpunk promise of VR, right. where you like jack in, and then it takes a second to like unpixelate. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it like very much is you're like Johnny Mnemonic, and you're like, "Jack right. me in! I got 240 megabytes of data. I got to get to Venice, or whatever." Kojima said it it's his number one anticipated thing next year. Is what like the rise of VR? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, Google Earth VR is also good VR training. So like, if you're me, I'm a little hit or miss sometimes with yeah. movement and stuff yeah. like that. And it's great just to be like, all right, stomach, I'm gonna rotate the map, deal with it. Oh, you know, like <laughs> it's nice to like train myself, like I'm doing sit-ups or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, can uh, you change it to nighttime? I'm like, I'm like a pilot or something. No, uh, okay. but in some places you'll go, the time of day will change. Oh, okay. And I don't know. That's actually something I've been curious to do is like fly towards the sun and like see if it goes by and like, you go to the. <laughs> But I think they just at, took pictures of different places at different times. I want you to make out. like the Brandon Jones travel log. Like today in <laughs> yeah. New Earth, I had this idea. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm, not, I'm not doing Toy Box Tuesday. Like yeah. next Tuesday morning, yeah. I'm like, I'll probably do Google VR. Like I probably because I just want to show people. Like here's my high school. That was my theater. Here's my. Let's go check out another place I grew up. You know, let's go over to Disneyland today. Yeah, yeah. We go to. Oh, that's so great. Ian Hink. Hey, what have you been playing? Uh, did I did the Diablo three uh, Darkening of Tristram or whatever? Yeah, how is that? Yeah, uh, it was tell pretty me. cool. I did it on my PS4 on so on that version, so the HUD didn't change, but the graphics did look pixelated. Do um, the enemies scale, or like, cause you're OP in that, so is it a <laughs> I mean, set I was, level? I mean, I, I'm playing on I'm soloing Torment eight. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paragon Always. 220. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. But so, yeah, I mean, like, I died a few times. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, like, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> when you die, you just, like, the worst thing that happens is your equipment breaks, so you hit right on the D-pad, go to mm. town, hit repair all, and then go back, you know, because yeah. some of my stuff still has durability. But, like, uh, it's cool. It, it was a little less... It just felt like playing Diablo 3 areas with the pixelated uh, shader on it and different movement. Um, and then you go into a room and the butcher is there and you go in there and the Skeleton King is there and then you go... Am I going to have to take that from you? And like... Yeah. And then like... Uh, it, the, problem, the problem with my character, because it's a wizard and I have the Firebird set and a bunch of other like sets, so... I get like crazy huge bonuses if I set an elite on fire. So bosses die so fast that sometimes, legitimately, sometimes I've killed them before I realized they were there. And that happened to me with Diablo, oh my God. with like the Lord of Darkness or whatever. So like I unlocked a door and then this big guy came at me. So I pointed my disintegrate ray at it for a second and then it died. And then my quest was fulfilled and it was, it was over. And then I was like, Oh, that was that was him. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, all right, that was the uh, whoops. But um, I don't know. I had a lot. It was fun. It was fun. Okay. It's not like anything amazing. And there are some secret things in it. I think like cool. I got I got an item that I had to put in a cauldron. That I got an item back out that I don't either. I don't remember what it's for. Or I don't know what it's for. Um, some little brew or whatever. Um, but it was cool. Uh, it took like an hour and a half. Like whatever, sixteen floors. Uh, so that was fun. Um, Diablo 3 is always one of those games that when I'm not playing it, I feel like I, I wish I made time for it. Uh-huh. Like, Me too. I, yeah. I've never had, uh, whenever I've had like bouts of Diablo 3, I've never not enjoyed it. I've never yeah, gotten yeah. gotten said to myself, like, oh, I'm really sick of this. I don't want to play it again. Well, always and it's fun. The, it's the <laughs> perfect, especially once you're in adventure mode, it is the perfect, I've got a half an hour. I'm going to play Diablo 3 game, you mm -hmm. know? Because it doesn't take an overly long time to load up, which sometimes is detrimental for a game like that. And then you can kind of just jump in and jump out whenever you want, and it doesn't matter. Is that kind of how you play it now in, like, 30 minutes? Yeah, yeah, usually. Okay. Or, like, an hour at most, generally. Unless I've got, like, friends. Like, and I'm playing... I play it occasionally with my dad or my sister, and, like, you know, then we play for longer, but... Um. Yeah, power leveling them is funny. So, so your dad and your sister are, are into it. Like, they're having a good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My That's dad, cool. like, he'll play it by himself sometimes, like, unbidden. You know, he got up to, like, level 30 without without anybody. What Sick. character is your father? He's a witch doctor. Nice, <laughs> nice. He's a cool dad, though. He's just yeah. like, ah! yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I got these frogs. He's puking out frogs or whatever he did. <laughs> He's like, this is pretty funny. Um, yeah, and then so my cool. sister's a... Demon Hunter, I think. Or nice. She was a monk when she was playing on my PlayStation, but yeah, now she's a Demon Hunter. Does she like the monk or Demon Hunter better? I think she likes the Demon Hunter better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is the Brandon Jones class. It's hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man, Monk's so fun in that game, too. Monk is... Monk's they're all so cool. pretty great. Yeah, you're not going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, when does the Necromancer come out? That's like a month or two or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm ready for Diablo 4. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go, boys. When? Yeah, when? Uh, and then I'm still like occasionally playing Virtue's Last Reward. I'm just kind of like slowly getting through that, whatever. So um, that's, <clears throat> that's interesting to me. I want to do a check-in on that yeah. because when I when I played the Zero Escape series, I I couldn't play them in short bursts. Like right, something right, would right, happen, right. and I'd want a resolution to that. 
like so badly that I'd, I'd play for long periods of time. Yeah. So how are you able to go through and just... I don't like handheld gaming, really. Oh, sure. Because it's just okay. not comfortable for me to do that. Yeah. So like, I only play it if I'm on a plane or like have nothing else to do, you know? I, I feel bad because all of those games are coming out on PS4 now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to buy Zero Time Dilemma on my computer mm-hmm. and play it there, you know? And I might do that. But um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's really the only reason for that get out they're all coming to ps4 yeah dual screen uh the other screen doesn't super matter on those well no you can write really, notes that actually is really helpful it in 999 the the dual screen actually becomes oh, pretty important i didn't play that so one. i'm not sure how they're handling it but yeah oh, 999 okay. to, to my understanding that's awesome yeah. Yeah. that just rarely yeah, happens so like an obscure not obscure but like a, an older ds game get finds right. life somewhere else right um, no, it is it is strange. I agree with you. And the, the Danganronpa one and two are coming to PS4 as well. Oh, cool! So they're already right on. on PC. Um, I played I played a lot of Frog Fractions two. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. I also kind of don't want to know anything. Yeah, uh, you know what it's called, right? The real name of it. Uh, I've heard the name of it, but I don't yeah, remember glitter, what it is. Glittermitten Grove. Glittermitten Grove. Okay. Which is funny because it's like a little fairy town simulator. That I actually quite enjoyed. I was like building my little town. And I was like, "Oh, great!" You know. And then when when I did the thing that makes frog fractions happen, I was kind of bummed. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I, I miss my fairy town." Um, but frog fractions is cool. I mean, it's very weird. Um, uh, just a quick correction. I said all three Zero Escape series were coming to to PS4. Uh, the first two games, um, Nine 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 and Riches Last Reward, are coming to PlayStation Four. Uh, early next year as part of a package deal, apparently, according to this article. 2018? No, 2017. Spring 2017. So this year. This year, yes. So we made sorry the about jump. That. We made I just the wasn't switch. like 100% sure. That makes sense. Uh, and then, I mean, the big one I've been playing is Let It Die. Yeah. Um, and Huber's almost out of the bathroom because I know he wants to talk about this too. Uh, but oh my, Let It Die. That's one of those games that. Uh, Oh, and I played Last Guardian a little bit. But um, Let It Die, get me one, Huber. Let It Die is yeah is a game that I did not expect to like. Your description of it before we played it, I mean, it was a shadow drop, so I love that. Your description of it before we played it made me so hyped and then unhyped me by the like free-to-play aspects of it. You know, because when you when you describe the way this game is monetized... It kind of sounds shystery. Like, you pay for continues, kind of, and you can pay for currency, sort of, and you can pay for express passes that give you a quicker elevator and ten more slots in your bag, whatever. I think it's I think it's more accurate that we've been conditioned to believe that this sort of system couldn't be couldn't, non-shystery. Yes, right, right. Yeah. That's what yes. I... That's Because, yeah. like, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, mm, oh. Right. And, like, Bossman had, like, a violent reaction to it. He was just like, no, no, no. Right. You know? But then I jump in and I play it, and the game has such a funny attitude. I was talking with AJ Locasio, and he he hit the nail on the head. He was because he's playing it now, um, and I didn't know if he would love it or hate it because he really likes the Souls games too. And he he said it's Dark Souls meets the live action Super Mario Brothers movie, and I was like, oh my god, that's so perfect. Because like, it's making a mockery of the source material, but you don't care. Yeah, like, and you there's kind like of mushrooms like it. everywhere too. Yeah. It's just like ridiculous. But like, yeah, this game it plays well mechanically. I don't think that the I don't think that the combat is as tight 
as Bloodborne. Or I want to say one thing. See, I know I'm hyperbolic, and I told yeah. you guys this yesterday when we were having Taco Bell. It is. I have. I have honestly like it is in my top tier of hand to hand combat in this yeah. game. It feels so good mm-hmm. in Let It Die to just punch enemies. All I want to say, I, I I can't get enough. Like I, like I don't it, even like know hyperbole and Taco Bell for lunch yeah. are like on the same tier. <laughs> is this a Taco Bell comment, Huber? I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't have the Taco Bell, so take this with a grain of salt. For real though, like I don't even want to use an axe. I just want to punch things because it feels have so you played, good. Have you tried the butterfly knife, dude? I've not had the butterfly knife. Oh, dude, <laughs> it's like punching but faster, and it does four times the damage. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I, one of the things I really like about Let It Die is that it's it does this thing where if you just want to get in there and kill things and you don't want to think about it you can like you don't yeah, yeah. You don't really have to spend too much time considering like okay i need this exact weapon here but there there's also enough depth where mm-hmm. some weapons if you really want to dig into it and be like okay it's not good in this situation but it has this good rage move like you can do that and be more efficient and do better as a result. I, and I, so it's it's really easy to get into, but I feel like there's enough there to kind of keep you on the hook yeah. once you kind of open yourself up and you say, all and right, they, I, I want to get better at this. The way they roll out the new weapons too, uh, at first I was worried that it would be too slow, but um, when you get like the metal bat or the butterfly knife and then you find a <laughs> when you find a blueprint for a weapon that you love... Yeah. It feels like a huge victory. Mm-hmm. And and then doubly so if you actually have the weird materials you need to make the damn thing. But like when you unlock the because it's roguelike for those who don't know, it's like kind of a roguelike game. You go up this tower and you can die, you can use a death metal which you can also purchase with real money to as a continue or you can revitalize your guy with in-game money too. Uh it works a little differently, but whatever. But um you find weapons, and weapons have durability, and they, they degrade pretty quickly a lot of times, especially if you do rage moves. They just, like, shoot down. But, like, well, you find blueprints yeah. that unlock the ability to purchase them with in-game money mm-hmm. uh, forever. And they're not, like, cheap. The butterfly knife is, like, yeah. six grand now that I've upgraded it plus what's, three. But, like, oh, it feels good to find those blueprints. What's really good about the death metals and how fair of a free-to-play this game is is that you're encouraged to have a stable of troops to climb this ladder or to climb the tower to defend your area. And you can get quests that will have you backtrack to previous floors, but going through those floors with other troops to level them. So so it's like you're leveling up your other guys higher and you're accumulating death metals. And the easy floors are are pretty, the early ones are easy to get through without dying a lot. Yeah, yeah. So you can stockpile a lot bunch of death metals and save them for your valuable guys it's just you you it's also fair. can resurrect dudes with kill with, coins yeah, yeah with cash how much so. does it cost do we know it's pretty expensive yeah it's, it's got to be like a lot but yeah. you but you get a lot of money really yeah. easily it's yeah. not it's not yeah, hard yeah. to get money um, and you can upgrade your bank and everything <clears throat> the other thing that i like is and somebody posed this question to me is they're like i'm not sure what the right way to play this game is mm-hmm. and <clears throat> thinking about death and talking about that <clears throat> i'm sorry my voice is really going to shit um is we forgive you. Four and a half hours, Ben. Four I and a half hours. Yeah. Um, Three to go. <laughs> like, if you want to grind and you just want to go through, yeah. like, leveling every type of class up and, like, having a good stockpile, you can do that. Yeah. If you want to put a lot into one character, 
and spend the currency that you get, you can do that. If you yeah. want to just say, oh, I died, whatever, I'm going to unlock a higher tier of fighters later, so I'm going to let this one go, you can do that. Like, there's enough flexibility there that, like, even if you die and even if you lose blueprints and a lot of gear, it's in the grand scheme of things, it's not that catastrophic. Right. And in that sense, it's kind of like Souls, yeah. where once you've played them enough you realize that it's not worth crying over lost souls. Like right, you'll right, get that back. Right, it yeah. doesn't really matter all that yeah. much. Like never so. never eat a boss soul cuz you're always going to get more souls. Right. And like in this, I've been playing it actually probably the 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 right way for them but the wrong way for me the consumer cuz it's a free game, right? Yeah. So to in my mind I'm like, okay, I'll happily spend 60 70 bucks on this game without feeling too bad about it because i love it and i want to support the game and i don't don't mind spending a little money i think i've only spent like 20 bucks so far maybe 25 um but i've purchased death metals because i i liked my character and didn't want to start over from the beginning but i still have six fighters you know and like two of them are max level for their rank um and like so what i've been doing is i've maxed out the rank wait waited to unlock the new striker or attacker of the next rank and then mm-hmm. got them and then set the old one to to defense you know but um i've not been playing it like a rogue like i've been playing it like an arcade game mm. where i put in more quarters sure. of real money <laughs> to keep from dying and like it doesn't super bother me uh but and, i and the, the not super bothering you i think is important because yeah. the way that you're describing it it's not like I'm spending money because I have to if I want to keep enjoying this game. It's like, right. no, I feel good about this, I so feel, I'm willing to part with yeah, some cash. I feel okay about it. And yeah. like, the, like what you were saying is was totally right on the nose, is you don't really feel that bad about losing your, your equipment or stuff, because it's all going to break in 10 minutes anyway. Like, it right. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Even if you bought it from, from Chukanaga or whatever the guy's name is, the store. Uh, to roll in the pencil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that stuff will break in 20 minutes. Like the durability starts at max, but it still goes down. And um, the losing blueprints can kind of suck if you think that you might have a good blueprint or like if you have a, an item that lets you go back to the waiting room without getting to an elevator or whatever. I've also been using day express passes that I've, I've never paid for. I've gotten them all for free from yeah. the game. Like they're pretty good about giving you enough yeah, you free get stuff. So much stuff. Every time I log in, I get like yeah. 10 grand yeah. of yeah. kill it's, coins. It is actually a pretty and, like, surprising amount. 10 grand and, of splithium. I'm like, why do you give me so much stuff? And how, like, I don't know if you've messed around with this, but I always, I take advantage of you people watching. <laughs> I take advantage. You go to the, you invade people. Yeah. Last seen online six days ago. Yeah. Easy pickings. Yeah. Or you can, yeah. I noticed you can, do, you can do revenge raids. Yeah. So, like, somebody came into me. Yeah. I went through, like, four or five people. I went back and attacked them, too. Yeah. They had no people guarding their base. Yep. And I just took, I just took like, three all. grand from you them and left. It, it was hilarious. Not just, like, no money. And that's why, in it's a like sense, nothing. it's even more intimidating than, like, souls in that regard. It's like, you're always vulnerable. When you're offline, yeah. you're vulnerable. So that's why I played it really slow, leveling up some guys, because I was like, man, I want defense. Like, people are going to come in, take well, and, my stuff. And one thing that I misunderstood, <laughs> I was really nervous about my fighters getting stolen. Yeah. And then it finally happened to me. It's never happened to me. One of my fighters, Jesse, a maxed out all-rounder from the beginning of the game, level 25, whatever, was taken. And I was like, crap. So I went to, I revenged that guy to try to get her back, mm-hmm. right? Fought him. He didn't have any, there was nobody there. So I just took his money and came back. And then I went to my fighter freezer, and Jesse was in there, 
-hmm. She was just, like, not active as a defender anymore. So, like, they don't actually get stolen, I don't think. And you can go on, like, rescue missions, too, hmm. where you can get someone out of the freezer from someone else. And then I think it goes back to... Maybe someone... Actually, maybe someone did that. They rescued someone on my own team or something. Mm. Rescued my fighter and then got it back for me. Mm. But if you do a rescue raid, you go in and then you go to their little fighter, fighter like, decontamination plant or whatever. Yeah. And then you punch it and then that fighter comes back with you and it's really funny because they're both just like chilling on the tokyo death metro train on the loading screen back and like your character's like yeah and then the other one's just like leaning on the glass you know um but i think that they that fighter didn't go into my fighter freezer so i think i gave it back to whoever it was stolen mm. from i don't know but my fighter wasn't gone so that was cool there's a lot of ins and outs to this game there are a lot of ins and outs in the game and i i, I do think it there are so many ins and outs like learning well, confusing so like it, once you get into it it seems very obvious but yeah. learning what all of the currencies do oh yeah like how you're supposed to approach decals all the different types of fighters how you get new ranks of fighters the entire multiplayer system yeah uh -huh. it is a, it is a lot to digest yeah. and uh it, it takes a long time to to feel comfortable. oh like, man sometimes too i, I like forgot i hadn't played it for a couple days and i was like Wanted to throw a mushroom because my inventory oh was my God, full. Right. I wanted to throw it at a guy, and then I ate a poisonous mushroom and right. died. I was like, the wrong "Dude, button. I was playing. <laughs> I was playing a bunch of Diablo three. Don't play this game right after playing Diablo three. Pro tip: because I was playing Diablo three, Diablo three, and 3. in Diablo three, you push the right side of the pad to open your inventory. Oh, man. So I deep. had, yeah, I had a skill shroom. Don't really know what those are. Somehow you're supposed to give them to the mushroom lady and she'll sell you new stuff or I don't know. I guess yeah, you put them in your really storage. Good. I've never, I have two now. I have a silver and a bronze and I put them in my storage and I tried to give them She's to her good. and just nothing. But like I ate one accidentally and like <laughs> Uncle Death is like, don't eat these. Trust me. You know? And I was like so sad because I was like, no, I thought it was like a unique item or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, I accidentally eat mushrooms all the time. I just don't pick up poison ones because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to accidentally eat that. Totally. Uh, I really like that there is an ending to this game. Yeah. In a way, it's... Because it it's, seems like there shouldn't be. Well, yeah. I, I feel like if there wasn't an actual ending, like there wasn't a final cutscene that you can see, mm -hmm. it would make it the grind feel a lot more arbitrary. But yeah. I, I like that. I Like, yeah. okay, I got to get to this floor. This is the top floor. That's also why I, I feel less bad about yeah. spending money because I'm right. like, I have a finite end. Right. Like I'm if I die 10 times on every boss, that's like five bucks per boss, whatever, I'll get there. Like, you know. And, and after you see the end, of course, there is still more stuff to do. Yeah. But I, but I do like that in a sense there's a the credits roll. give you that. How far? You're on floor 30? Yeah. I'm on 21. Mm -hmm. So every 10 floors you fight a Dawn or like a big boss. I love how they're presented. The the videos, the, the, the cutscenes before and after each of these bosses are incredible. They're like the greatest cutscenes in video game history. They're so weird and funny. And something I, I really like about the humor and the style in Let It Die is it's, it's, it's definitely there, and when they decide to cash in on it, they go hard, yeah. but it's not all the time. Like right, There's right, still right. a good game there that yeah. you enjoy playing. Is not relying on this mm -hmm. weirdness to to kind of like compensate for other it's, shortcomings. It's the frosting on top of a it, really well-made cake. Exactly. Like exactly. It's, 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 it's a cake that's delicious that has a funny message written on it. Yep. You know, it's, it's perfect. It's such a great... I really get the same vibes off of this game. Like, cozy... 
cozy vibes like what I get off of yeah. uh, Resident Evil Revelations 2 or whatever. Yeah. Like, you just feel kind of, like, chill while playing. Yes. I don't know. Because it, it scratches the perfect itch. Like, you like <laughs> you, you talk about this, of like, the itches you want to scratch. It's like, you're playing Bloodborne. So, like, first run through of Bloodborne, it's intense. Yeah. But you play through Diablo 3 and you're just chilling. Right. It's somewhere in the middle in the of middle, that. Yeah. You know, you're, you're chilling out, but it's also really intense. You're on edge. Like, if you hear yeah. that, like, bim, 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 yeah. there's a hater there or a, or a hunter and you're just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay, all right. Now I'm going to focus and, like, actually try yeah. to beat this guy. And, like, the only thing that I, if I wasn't playing it the way I'm playing it and if I was trying to, like, because if your person dies, they become a hater. Mm-hmm. And, like. You have to kill them. You have okay. to fight your old you yeah. to get past where you were. Oh. And other player or People on your friends list, too. People on your friends list that let their people yeah. die. Um, uh, there's a hater there, right? And I don't know if it's always on your friends list, too, because I see some names that I don't recognize. But, mm-hmm. like, it is it is funny to see a friend's name that they, oh, they let their, hate, their person die here. They didn't pay to keep going. And then I just destroyed them in two hits, you know? But, like, sometimes a boss or an enemy will hit you one time and you will just die. Yeah. Like, one-shot you, blood everywhere, and you're just like, holy crap, that hit me hard. I, I definitely think there are pretty fair criticisms to Levy at Let it, Let it Die, and I do think one of them is you just get into situations where either the camera or the mm-hmm. mechanics of the game... like you get stun-locked real hard. Right, like, there are times you'd be die, and it's like, ah, that didn't really feel like... There was like very little I could have fair. done to, yeah. to prevent that. But again, it, that blow is lessened by what we talked about earlier, where it's like, is this really a big deal? Like, right. And it kind of reduces some of that anger and frustration. It is Grasshopper, right? Yeah. It, it yeah. is Grasshopper, yeah. I just feel so good that this game has taken off, because Grasshopper and Suda dollars. make amazing games. And, right. Well, sometimes they don't, like Lollipop, Chainsaw or something, but... Their games are always inspired, and they always have some kind of value. Right. So it's cool that, you know, this is succeeding. And now, Absolutely. like, this could open the door for Suda to make an even bigger game, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that's something we really need to hammer home here, because, yeah. like, I, I love Grasshopper Manufacturers games. Love them. They've got some Except rough edges. <laughs> yeah. There are exceptions to that. They've got some rough edges, but, you know, that style, yeah. that's something I want to preserve Absolutely. i want to see what other weirdness that company can come up with but mm-hmm. the traditional 60 dollars, it comes in a yeah. box thing you know that probably had a sh- pretty short lifespan for them and so they had to mm-hmm. pivot and try this yeah. new model and of course you're just terrified you're like yeah. oh no are they going to embrace all of the worst aspects of this and the fact that they did not do that mm-hmm. that yeah. it is free to play done right and that it has all of that wonderful personality that yeah. that, that company is so revered for it's just like yeah what a Christmas gift. Yes. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad that 2016 kind of reaffirmed a lot of uh, thoughts that I had that I didn't really have a lot of uh, about free-to-play, about, you know, mobile games that charge you through the nose and buying crystals for 50 bucks and, you know, like, uh, and Hitman with its episodic structure. And they were like, there, there is a wrong way to do things. And the problem is a lot of developers do it the wrong way. You know, you get like a mm-hmm. battlefront where it's just right, like, well, right. we, we need more here, you know, compared to older games. We have something to compare it to. Right. So it's nice that we, if we get, you know, free-to-play game, we're like, okay, well, they've set the standard now. Yeah. And I hope yeah. people are listening that like Hitman really showed you can do it. That like uh, Naughty Dog's crazy. We got like survival 
survival for free. You yeah. know, like it, it's it's nice to have these companies put their foot forward, maybe potentially take a financial loss just to like make something work and, and, and test something. CD Projekt Red too, just like giving it away, man. Mm. It's basically not EA. <laughs> when everyone acts yeah. on EA, it's fantastic. <laughs> well, and like, but there are so many ways this game could have gone wrong too. Yeah. Like everything about it could have been wrong. <laughs> And it, they it, pretty much made the right choice for all of it. Yeah. And the humor's not pervasive, like it's and it's not yeah. perverse. Yeah. You know, it's it's I don't know. It's definitely a game that feels like it's it should be worse than it is. Right. You know? right. And I mean to be sure there are some things you can buy on the store like you can spend fifteen dollars and get the priests set, which is you know, an outfit in the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you get the blueprints for the priest set and the, like a wearable version, but if you're paying that much money to get an outfit in this game, that is a crazy idea to me because if it is just a wearable outfit, it'll be broken in 10 minutes. Like, don't do that. That's what I love though is, is to sustain yourself. You just have these vanity items that mm-hmm. don't impact gameplay that don't make it imba- unbalanced that aren't OP. It's like, yo, yeah. if you want to spend $10 to look cool, by all means, that's on you. Uh, but we're not hurting the community of the game. Well, those are, that's armor. This. But like... Huber, there's there's something I'm going to talk about during my session yeah. that I think is going to send you into a fit. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I hope that I don't get tired of playing this game. I want to mm-hmm. finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, I yeah. haven't ever gotten annoyed because it's got such a weird vibe that I, even when I'm spending kill or uh, death metals, I don't get like irritated at dying. Yeah. You yeah. know, whereas like in a Souls game, sometimes I'll get like, oh, you know, about like a boss. In a weird but way, but I'll though, keep doing it because I love it so much. But because I've I've seen some people say like, oh, I played it for a while and it was fun, but then I got bored, and yeah. I I think that's a totally valid response. Yeah. But even that, based on its structure, like if you played it for. 20 hours you didn't spend the time and you, yeah. you enjoyed it and then you walked away yeah like that's a success i think i think opinion. i think that yeah i you think know? that in that case too you've you've done it correctly too right. like you this is a game that you don't necessarily need to beat i no, think absolutely not yeah if you that. want to that's great but you don't have to to get the experience out of it mm-hmm. like the joy out of it yeah oh god let it die i do kind of yeah i really wish that i had gotten farther into it further i guess into it uh, when I was doing my personal goatee list, because like I, fr- yeah. I made it, I was an honorable mention for me. Absolutely. Now it, it for sure would have been like two or three on yeah. the list. It, it like is kind of I love it because the the, I brought the it tone in the rude thing. room when we were talking about goatees was we think this is really cool, but we need to play but we don't more know. to yeah. absolutely say it's really on my cool. hubris syndrome. I was like, if this game had come out three weeks earlier, yeah, right. yeah. like. It would have been there. Yeah, it would have. It would have been like it legit. Would have been like because we all love it in the race. Yeah. Oh man. I, I think we need to get Brad on this train. I think. I keep really... telling him. I'm like, yo, you gotta play this. You gotta play this. Yeah. And he's like hyper focused on a couple specific games right now. Sure. Yeah. So, but he knows. He he's well aware of it. He knows he'll love it. I keep telling him about it. He's like, I, I'll get into it. Yeah. But I'm like, dude, don't miss this. I guess it's right now. Like uh, I borrowed 15 from you, and I'm gonna like mm-hmm. jump in, you know. But I know I'm gonna be thinking about yeah. Let It Die the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you will. Like playing La- <laughs> playing Last Guardian the whole time. Literally every Let second of me playing Last me Guardian, too. I was just thinking about, man, I wish I was playing Let It Die right now. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Besides Let It Die, Michael Huber, what have you been playing? A lot of games. A lot of games. I finished so many games this holiday. A lot of short stuff though. Yeah. Uh, you know. 
not a lot of bricks. I want to start out with inside first. Mm-hmm. I really this, want to start you really, out. This hit you hard. Oh, my God. Yeah. It hit me like a Mack truck cruising down the highway at 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Because... It feels so good, man. It feels so it. good. <laughs> good. Such a good game. Because my gaming taste has changed this year. I have just come over a hump where... When I first met Kyle Bossman, I was so... Like, we were... We still are. I love I love you, Kyle. But I, I really gravitated towards Kyle because we both are so obsessed with stories. And that's why I love movies and video games so much is because stories, you know. I, I just love stories. And I am reaching this point in my life at this very moment where I'm, car- I'm, I'm finally coming back where I care about gameplay more than a story, you uh-huh. know. I need to have fun playing a game i want to i want to have fun you know uh an amazing s- welcome to the dark side yeah, yeah. <laughs> so an amazing amazing like an amazing story is not enough at this point in my life to overcome like terrible gameplay like right. if it's mediocre and it has right. a great story sure sure like yes like like i i still value story i'm not like oh i don't want it oh yeah i, I want it to be clear that like a story is still very important but i'm valuing gameplay even more than i used to so I was worried about inside. I was like, you know, it just seems like it's not going to be a very fun game to play. Like, you kind of just go to the side and that's it. And I was dead wrong. <laughs> it was so fun to play. Because because another thing, too, why I was avoiding it is because I'm terrible at puzzles. <sighs> and they kind of turn me off. Like, I get frustrated. Yeah. Uh, the witness just frustrated the hell out of me. I gave <laughs> up, you know. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I don't, I can't beat it. I don't know. <laughs> like I, so I, I just gave up on the witness, you know. And uh, inside had the 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 perfect level of difficult puzzles where they were easy to get through. But sometimes I was like trying to figure it out. I was never stuck too long. Well, by and it, large, they follow like a real life kind of logic. Yeah, yeah. It, it's Stay such away. an easy thing to say, but that is just an impeccable design in Inside where Perfect. The, the, the puzzles never really take you all that long. Yeah, I, I can't think of a single moment in Inside where it's like, God, I just want to get over this. There's, yeah. there's I never one that. bad puzzle in Inside. Well, it was, I didn't it was really interesting, that Amanda point. played it and I watched Amanda <laughs> on, on, on one afternoon sitting go through the entire game and she, it was it was really funny to see her get totally stuck in parts oh, I walked through, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was physics based. You know, a lot yeah. of that was stuff where I was like, I could see something up there. I'm like, oh, that thing falls off. Yeah. Where she's more witness, you know, and she's more practically mm-hmm. like taking absolutely everything. Like she'd walk into a room and be like, a box. I don't need a box, and walk out. Whereas I walk in and I'm like, there's only one reason yeah. that this thing is here that I can move. I'm gonna need this, so I would walk out of yeah, the room yeah, with yeah. it. Where she would oh and constantly go back. Um, okay, and so then other things, and then other bits response. where like there was one submarine thing where I was like trying to jump it over a thing, and like you didn't need to, you just needed to get it there, flip the switch, then go back, done. And yeah, then like yeah. twenty minutes, I'm like <laughs> trying to like overthink it up, and like like taking the way unnecessary, super physical, awesome action movie <laughs> there approach. There are times where you do have to do that. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, the dogs so, and so the interesting fence. Interesting to see people the, get stuck at different parts. The dogs and the fence is the worst puzzle in that game, though. Bar Some, none. Oh, love it. Bar none, dude. So t- what a terrifying puzzle, though. Yeah, but it's garbage because you're like, <laughs> I get what I have to do. And yeah. You have to try three or four Back times before, before you. Oh my god. One piece at a time. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. It, it just felt like maybe with that puzzle in particular, your your window of safety was maybe a little, a little bit too, too short. short. Yeah. 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 So it was like, yeah, exactly. Two seconds uh, too short. You know. Resident Evil, fair game. 
Right. Terrifying dogs in Resident Evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. These <laughs> dogs in Inside. Visceral. Scared me to death. I was yeah. so scared of these dogs. Anytime you hear a dog, you're just yeah. like, oh, God, no. You're just like, and, go, go. Yeah, and just the vibe, like, crap, I'm, I'm watching Black Mirror now for the first time and uh, talking to you about uh, it so much. Like, uh, the... Um, so good these like murder guys that just hunt you in the forest and yeah. just kill you outright kind of gives me like this mm-hmm. in very like just very bleak and dark game and, and well, there's something very unsettling about the first time you're like yeah you're like i'm a i'm a wee child yeah i'm an eight-year-old boy whatever and like they just, i'm okay like, strangle and, yeah, he you just strangles you to death or like shoots you in the head and walks yeah. away the, the robots that shoot the thing into you that oh, has yeah. the, the wire attached yeah. to it, yeah. that always got me. Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah. weird thing that's never explained that's just <clears throat> shooting shockwaves. Yeah. Yeah. Coolest I, yeah. thing in the game ever. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is that thing I've, doing? I've been taking a deep dive into the theories and how oh, it's connected really? to Limbo and all really? this stuff. Oh my. Oh. Just See, like reading into all of this is so fascinating. Dude, it's interesting you brought up story beforehand because here's a game that lets yeah. you figure out the story you know yeah. they're like what does this mean to you down to who you are like mm-hmm. are you just some kid that stumbled into this or are you not play the yeah. game and you'll understand the connotation there yeah. but like yeah i don't want to spoil no, like yeah. what does inside mean why is right. it called that yeah you know there's like there's 20 different things that happen yeah. in that game they're like oh i see oh wait no this is oh, so, I, I totally understand that response but mm-hmm. what i something i actually really loved about inside so much and i know we talk about dark souls all the time but yeah. I, I felt it in dark souls yeah is when i'm going through dark souls even if I don't understand everything and I can't yeah. like draw a line from A to B, yeah. how it's making me feel yes. and it's yeah. how how in control it is of its own tone is enough. So like I, I'm just I'm just emotionally responding to it, so it's okay if it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, when I when I finished, there was like a four day period. I wanted to, I wanted it to breathe for a while where I couldn't right. stop thinking about it, and I didn't want to look anything up. I didn't want to like talk to anyone about it or ask anyone what does it all mean. Right. Right. I wanted to personally just think about it and process it. Right. Cool. Then when I like reached that point and passed it, then I started looking things up and like, you know, seeing where I kind of fit into what other people think. And it was just a great game. And then then Damiani streamed it um, full playthrough on Twitch, and he said it was the only time our Twitch Twitch chat has become hostile. It got really intense. He said. There were some really intense arguments about what it means or if it's <laughs> right. a good game. Right. And it, it was passionate, he said. Wow. And I think that lends itself to this game is that it is, you know, whether you like it or not, it's kind of one of those games where it's it's, well, and, it's hard not to be passionate about it. Right. And you started this discussion talking about story mm-hmm. and, and versus gameplay in video games. And, like, I mean, this is something that other people have said and I've said before, but, like, that's why I love games like this and the Souls series mm-hmm. and 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 things like that where and even let it die to a weird extent but like the way that a game can tell a story doesn't mm. have to be the way that TV or novels or movies exactly. tell stories. That's what and, I like when they right. embrace the video game I mean, nature of it's, storytelling. It's, it's lore versus story mm-hmm. and lore is a story that you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're discovering things or not discovering things that's part of your story and that's why it's a video game because you get to do it and i'm not saying that you know an uncharted or a or a telltale like more cinematic quote unquote narrative storytelling style is wrong mm-hmm. i'm just saying i personally prefer that yeah. where it's like 
my playthrough of this game was different. My interpretation of this game was different Absolutely. based on details I noticed Absolutely. myself yeah. that you may not have noticed. Like, beating The Last Guardian or any of these games, like, the story is the story is the story, and I'm going to get out of it whatever I get out of it. You know? Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it was... I don't was... know if I totally agree with that. <laughs> well, The Last Guardian, yeah, whatever. But, like, uh, un- Uncharted or whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, know? yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. a Telltale game, it's like, oh, but I even, made this choice and got this ending. You know, Even like, though, uh, uh, you know, Uncharted 4. <laughs> Uncharted. It's a great <laughs> to, movie. To bring up... But, but you say that. You do say that, and I know where you're coming from, but, like... I'm just teasing. I had fun playing it. Absolutely. No, yeah. I, I still feel like even linear narrative stories... You're still bringing in your own views Certainly, and personality, yeah, yeah. and you know it's still a video. Like I may get more out of Elena, or like see yeah. something different, even if it is a super direct story. And the same is true of film. And yeah. I mean, like you are all you can't not look at the world through your own perspective. You know? Yeah, something I, I really respect about Inside, and other games do it a lot more poorly, and it, it really annoys me. And I, this is something I think. Bosman, I I don't think I would have noticed so much had I not met Bosman, <laughs> but there's a consistency to the world of Inside, mm-hmm. to to the like the way things look and how things interact with each other. That even though you may not know exactly what or why the thing is, you believe that it makes sense in its own context mm-hmm. um, because of how they present it. And I think yeah. that's really really important. There was never anything in that game where I'm like, oh. They're just doing this to throw me for a loop. Like, the, yeah, right. Like it it did throw me for a loop, but when I really think about it, I can find reasons for why this was here. Yeah, definitely a game that you know, and that's one sitting is is yeah, easy to yeah, get way through. to do yeah. it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and totally. something that Inside I think does very well that other games like that with kind of ambient puzzles like that or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do as well is is exactly that like there there are times in other games where i'm like the little the little the little sardonic kyle bossman in my mind is like why is this like what is the context you know like but (laughs) real world application of what's happening right now makes no sense within the world of this game like there's no reason i should be doing these things and, I mean, this happened a lot for me in the game I was playing recently that I don't really know if we're going to get into. But, like... We're going to get into it. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm gonna, God. It's a, we we're have gonna, a perfect we're segue. Be, we're we're going to be hated. game number two of, yeah. like, we're ten. We're going to be hated like, yeah. in we the nation. We have a perfect segue. Soon. But, like... I don't think so. That never happens in Inside where... That I can recall right now where I was like, why is this in this world? Mm-hmm. Like, why is... This? You know, even though there are things in the world that I don't understand, mm-hmm. that's okay. But... There's never a moment where I have to crawl through a little vent that's the only way to get into a room. And I'm like, why would they build it like this? Right. That doesn't make sense. You know? Mm-hmm. Also, this is not... Like, I'll hold my hand up. Mild, mild spoiler, but something very interesting that Chris pointed out to me. For inside? Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a model on a table in the office of the ending of the game. In the mm-hmm. game. Ooh. And, like... I'm just like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> okay, spoiler over. I love it. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, perfect segue into Last Guardian, oh, God, which is another much. game that I finished over. I don't want to do this. Um, no, I think this is good because yeah. we the last frame trap, uh, you know, we had Kyle, myself, um, Bloodworth, Brad. talk Brad, yeah. talk, saying 
very positive things. I, I want this. This is, this is yeah. what French is all about. Give me the opposite perspective. Yeah. I'm afraid, um, Ben. I'm afraid of this. No, no don't be afraid. <laughs> no, don't be afraid. Uh, the, I feel, uh, I hate not liking games. I hate not being part of the zeitgeist. I feel like there's something wrong with me personally. Um, but it's every year. Like you were just pointing out the other day. There's always one game a year yeah. that is so popular that I'm just like, What? And right. I don't connect. Uh, yeah. I remember one year it was like Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, where I yeah. was just like, oh my God. I this... think all of us were like that. <laughs> yeah. but, but it's something I think that I really yeah. respect. Except for the you. dummy that reviewed it for Game Trailers. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Jones. It's all right. I wish our audience could, could like know you on a day-to-day basis and see you go through this process because yeah. you really do approach games so honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, even Bombshell, you, you just approach it and you're like, <laughs> yeah. I believe that this game yeah. has the potential to be good. Duke Nukem lineage, like, all right, right. let's go. Yeah. <laughs> There's a chance. It's got a shot. Really, it's such an easy thing to say, but you really do give it a chance in yeah. the truest sense of that phrase. So, sorry, everyone. I just didn't like The Last Guardian. Um... The, again, about this gameplay and story, uh, the gameplay frustrated me so much, so, so much that I could never sit back and enjoy the story that was being told. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when I wasn't (laughs) frustrated with the controls, I was just never, ever at any point having fun. Yeah. And that's, that, that was the biggest thing for me is that, that the game was always, not necessarily a chore. I wasn't like, oh, I gotta get through this. I was just like, not really having fun. And, you know, everyone, the, the, the highest praise for the game is, is Trico and how amazing Trico is. And, man, l- like when I watch horror movies, and I always talk to Jones about watching horror movies, and it's about like, you gotta really got, get in the mood and embrace it and kind of put yourself in there and... That's how I approach everything, you know, trying to get into the world, embrace it, not overanalyzing, but I always saw an AI, yeah, you know, uh, uh, an AI that just didn't respond to my actions. And, and I know people are saying like a big thing is, oh, well, Trico doesn't trust you in the beginning. You know, you kind of gain the trust, but even towards the end of the game, when I, from a story standpoint, knew the boy's connection to Trico and vice versa. It's like, okay, we depend on each other at this point in the game. Trico was still doing stupid things like we needed to hop up one thing to get to another. And there was a point when it's like, all right, he hopped up. I was on his back. And then he hopped back. back, And then he hopped. And then he hopped up. And then he hopped back. And just all these like really annoying moments pulled me so out of the game and there that was for me too like yeah i i have all the similar feelings mm-hmm. uh and yeah like there were times there there were times where i was like oh wow they did a really great job making this this creature feel alive it's like a dog cat bird it's like all the things people love put into one animal yeah and like sometimes yeah it's like when it's like eyeing a barrel and not eating it and i'm like oh that's really cute <laughs> yeah. cool but then the like 80th time that it doesn't eat the barrel i'm like all right like I've or, put it in the divot. I've done all the things. Or when you hold it too, it's like oh, sometimes hold the barrel and I'll eat it. It'll like go and then not, and then like kind of yeah. knock it out of your hands, and you'll do it again. It'll knock it out of your hands, and, and it's like I get that it's like this timid creature. It's a real, it's real life, but like I feel like this creature could simply eat the barrel. 
You know what I mean? Like that may well, be a stupid a while, thing to complain. After a while, they get what it is. Like even a dog like understands. Oh, you're holding this out for me to eat. Yeah, I right. want to eat it. Yeah, because I think so because the game won't <laughs> you, you goddamn have food in your hands, progress. So he's not missing that. Yeah. Right. Well, and like if the so game won't no progress it until position. it eats it, then you know. And I know you're hungry because the narrator told me you're hungry, and I can't mm -hmm. keep playing this game until you eat this barrel. So I know you want to eat yeah. this barrel. Oh man. And like yeah, to and me, to me, the the two cardinal sins. Three cardinal sins of this game. It yeah, it doesn't control well enough for me to enjoy playing it. Mm -hmm. um, it so it, for me, it felt kind of like a slog. Um, the the worst sin a puzzle game can ever do is knowing the goal and then realizing how tedious it's going to be to get there. Uh, which happened to me in ev almost every which is zone insane because in, in this game, in Inside, the puzzle where you have to. Weighed it down with like 30 guys. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that and I knew what I had to do and I was like, oh, this is going to be so annoying. Yeah. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. Because right. each yeah. time you treasure, get, yeah. each time you gathered the, the guys to do it, it was something like new and unique yeah. and relatively not simple, but like, it I mean, flowed it, it, even just the joy so... of seeing them in a in a in a cage yeah. fall off. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. They're like yeah. you know, it's like even just visually, yeah. like it's rewarding. And and in this game, there's a part where. You know, not try not to spoil it. Like, Trico is tired and and wants to eat a barrel, and I have to go back into this other room where, and I've been here before, and I'm going back into this other room that's like messed up now, and I need to get the barrel, and there are slanted ramps, like four or five slanted ramps on oh, a broken floor, and so I have to throw the barrel across, jump across, catch it before it falls off the thing, throw it to the next one, jump across, catch it before it falls into the thing. Throw it to the next one. Mm -hmm. Jump across four or five times, and mm -hmm. then you walk with this barrel at the speed of a snail, and then go over to the thing and give him the thing, and then you wait mm -hmm. for him to eat the thing, and then you have to climb back, wait for him to fly, climb back up the thing you've already done, and then you get to the top, and then you're on his head, and you're you've done the command once, and you're waiting for him to do the thing, and then he goes back down, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. but like, you know, and I I threw the barrel across, and the last one missed it, so I had to do it all again. You know, mm -hmm. and then I was just like, oh, my God. And like other parts of the game, even when Trico's behaving the way he's meant to, there was a section of the game where I sat on his head, didn't touch the controller for three straight minutes, not exaggerating, and just watched him go up this thing, you know, and that's how that was the easiest way for me to get through that entire part of the game. Mm -hmm. And like I could see how you could actually walk, you know, and then like times where I he just doesn't catch you or times where you you're like walking across a rope for 45 seconds mm -hmm. and just looking at your phone because there's no chance of falling there's mm -hmm. no there's nothing else you can do I don't know I just I I, yeah. I felt like a crazy person like I felt and you also because I yeah. do I felt like I was taking crazy pills because eco is one of my favorite games of all time Shadow of the Colossus is for yeah. sure God, one of I my favorite that, games of all I time put that across I love like Shadow of the I love Shadow of the Colossus it's probably like top yeah. five of my favorite games in my entire life mm -hmm. like I still feel guilty I still like have <laughs> emotional response to yeah. Shadow of the Colossus yeah and then this game I thought I was like I was like, there's something wrong with me. I like texted my friend, and I think I'm like, I think I'm broken. Yeah. Because I don't like this game. Well, no, I. I and then when you said you didn't like it too, like a weight was lifted. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, thank you. I'm not crazy. I I have a question for Ben. Yeah. Because over the years I've known you. Yeah. You. We, we talk about when. Uh, games, stretch out one idea for yeah. too long, or they don't 
evolve or push back or or progress in some kind of way and that's exactly how i felt about last yeah. guardian repetitive is that, no discovery is that like the puzzles in the beginning are very similar to the puzzles at the end there was no i never felt like i was progressing upward the whole game was just kind of a straight line yeah see that's that's interesting that you you feel that way because mm-hmm. um that's not how i felt about it i think you're just i think you do a lot of different things in the last guardian that's actually one of my favorite things about it mm-hmm. i think you just experience frustration at all of those points <laughs> that maybe it felt very similar throughout all of it but um yeah i mean because early on you're you're jumping up places and you're moving barrels kind of like you're saying and you do do that later on but mm-hmm. some of the like middle and end game things that you're doing mm-hmm. like when you get trapped in the cage yeah. there were moments there were moments i liked through the bridges and the the, the two tricos are fighting yeah. and uh when you have to figure out how to get up to a very high place or mm-hmm. you're dealing with the water that is actually something that i really liked is i i did feel like it moved at a good clip and i was encountering new things and and just totally new problems that i had to think of in different ways cool. but uh I think the problem is is that you are just so dependent on Trico that if you're having frustration with him, mm-hmm. all of those moments are going to be frustrating for you. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to hear. Did you wait to say or you wait to say like, you know, I feel like it's presumptuous to always assume that. Well, Trigo is an animal. He has a mind of his own and all, and all right. this. I want to hear Ueda. What Ueda says about it all. Like, do we know that? Trico doesn't trust you, so he is le- more resistant to you in the beginning. Like, has that been documented? Because and, and like, yeah. I heard Bloodworth say like, "Oh, well, you're a boy, so you control like a little boy." Like, and I'm like, Play is inside. that is that the actual <laughs> developmental reason for bad controls intentionally? Um, I feel like it's super presumptuous I, to I, go down that road. I think you're you're bringing up something that's very important but i think Mm -hmm. you can go too far the other way as well Mm -hmm. i do think it's like if you think the controls are bad i don't think it is right to like be like oh well it's supposed to be these way for for reasons that we cannot solidify yeah like that doesn't make any sense like maybe you just think the controls are bad and that's totally fine Mm -hmm. um but i do think about silent hill where it's like you can't shoot and that's why the controls are bad because your character doesn't know how to use a gun and i'm like right yeah but also they're just not great controls (laughs) at the same time i do think there are instances where designers like they want to evoke frustration they are doing it intentionally mm-hmm. but it's hard to say with the last guardian the issues that you're describing that like yeah. oh it's supposed to be a pain in the butt which is why i think that that team makes games that are divisive i think that i think i <laughs> yeah. think the next game that they make 10 years from now whenever we get it it'll be fantastic <laughs> but like I, like i cannot stand eco and shadow is one of my top five yeah. games that's ever yeah. been made like shadow was one of the first games i ever reviewed for game trailers and was like this seems like an almost perfect game to me. I don't know if, like, I don't know yeah. if I'm doing this review. Is, it, is this wrong. a 10? Right? Yeah. But like at the same time, you finish a Colossus and then you get out in the world and there's nothing going on. It's a completely empty world. There's no enemies to hunt. Yeah. I mean, you can get like little lizards and stuff, but like it, there's a, on paper, there's a lot of reasons to hate Shadow of the Colossus, but it's just like what you're done with that experience. It's so impactful. At least it was for me. Whereas like you couldn't pay me to play Eco. It's just the pace is yeah. really slow. The world is not that exciting for me. The colors are all very similar. And that, to uh, me, that's that's Last Guardian. Like it, you, right. So yeah. I think I think like it, it's kind of an interesting like personality test or, or like gaming tolerance tests of like Absolutely. which one of their games you favor and, <laughs> and which I one think, of their experiences. I think why. it is. It, I, oh, sorry, I didn't hear. Okay. Uh, I think it is important to note that I think a younger me would have worshipped this game. Mm. Because I've noticed in myself 
less tolerance for I mean the cynical, sharpness. Yeah, well no. <laughs> and like I get accused of like being a hater and stuff and like I don't hate a lot of things. I just don't like yeah. a lot of things. I don't yeah, think right. that a lot of things are very high qual like great quality. Mm. And like I'm going to sing the praises of the things that I think mm. are very very high quality. Everything else is kind of whatever, mm. you know? And like I don't actively hate almost anything. <laughs> but like uh I I have noticed less tolerance for you know, the cynical way of saying it would be for my time being wasted. And like in this game, I think that I felt a similar way because yeah, I don't love the controls of the camera. And then to me, the gameplay is very repetitive. Like climbing up is always just climbing up. I, I mean, I have the same critique of the uncharted series, you know, <laughs> but like I get tired of it. I'm like, okay, I've done this. Like, eh. um, which is funny because in souls, like the combat never changes. You're doing that the whole time, yeah. but it's, but it's, I don't know, it's always different and engaging yeah. for me personally. But um, in this game, I find like the 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 different little settings that it feels like levels where it's like, okay, I climb up here, I move the thing so Trico can come through. Trico's now through. We move into a bigger open area, but there's an eyeball there, so I have to find a way to get to the eyeball and then move the eyeball so he'll move. Mm -hmm. And that that happens like four or five times in a row. I did like I did like destroying the the giant so, glass. Like eyes. it feels good to destroy those, them, those but you do awesome. it over and over again. And then yeah. there's a part where you. Literally two, I think, maybe three, just two, I think. Two big rooms in a row, there's a gate. I try to get Trico to break through it, which I thought was what I'm supposed to do. And then it's like, oh, no, I have to crawl through a vent. That's the only way to get into this room for some reason. And yeah. then you crawl down the rafters, and then you get there, and then you have yeah. to sneak past the guys, and then you pull the thing, and Trico comes in and kills them all. And then you go up and you pet Trico to, to make him calm down because that's the, the command line that makes the thing stop freaking out when See, he sees no. bad guys. And then you do that exact <laughs> same thing twice in a row. Yeah. And, like, that's what it feels like to me. I'm, I'm saying it cynically like that, you know. But, yeah. like, you do that twice. Uh -huh. Right in a row. I just for no reason. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's like we can. There's a way we can talk about let it die, right? Where we can be yeah. very reductive and and be like like yeah like think of like very cynical ways why every element in yeah. that game is in that game, and the the way that that I think about it is like when I think about my best friends, like people in my life that have really impacted me mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, I've I've had the biggest fights with. Oh yeah, like there, there have been points where I've absolutely hated them, mm -hmm. and I just could not see eye to eye with them. And through that, I think like our relationship got better over time. And I, I, that's kind of, and I'm not I'm not trying to excuse it. And I said this to Huber, like if somebody walks away from the Last Guardian and they think this game sucks, I feel like I can understand why they feel that way. And it's not like no, like you're you're wrong. I I actually totally get that yeah. perspective and yeah. think it is completely valid. But I reached that point with the Last Guardian where I had moments with Trico where it it was extremely frustrating. He wasn't doing what I wanted to do, but in a weird way. Because he was so unpredictable and because it was so cumbersome, it led to so many moments where I was just completely surprised. Cool. And that's what made it feel natural for me. Yes, it was just these lines of code that, yeah. that weren't doing what, what I wanted them to do. But I think it's ambiguity, which was baked in intentionally and like as a result created really frustrating moments. Um, also led to yeah. really great moments that I haven't had with a like animal companion in a game before. Yeah, yeah, and like so, I'm I'm bummed because it's yeah. like if I had been able to enjoy it the way it was intended, you know, I, I missed out on one of the most emotional 
affecting games of that year in that same i feel like out. i right. feel bad yeah. that i don't feel that way about yeah. it and it, i wish that i did yeah. i feel right. like a monster i'm like yeah. i'm i'm do i not like animals yeah <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like my brain chemistry is flawed no because i was constantly annoyed right. by this game but, it, but it's also kind of a crapshoot because i was talking to bloodworth about it and i was describing to him like situations where i was like there was a point where i was talking to bloodworth on the side and i'm like bloodworth I'm going to throw my controller at the wall. Like, I'm so yeah. frustrated. And he's like, oh, man, like, what is happening to you did not happen to me. And right. you guys are describing problems where I'm like, man, I didn't, yeah. I just, like, got There was a part no where problem. I was stuck in a dark cave where he had to jump up for 25 minutes. Right. Not and, an exaggeration. And, just and I was like, of, we both know you have to go up there. Just do it. Right. And I, I'd, like, tried the thing where I'd do the command and then just wait for a long time. He wouldn't do it. I did the thing where I'd, like, spam the command. Right. He wouldn't do it. And, and so, like... When, when I think about this game and I'm listening to what you guys are saying, it's hard for me to, to evaluate it because my own subjective experience, the, the good, like, way outweigh the bad. Yeah. And for you guys, it sounds like the opposite. Also, wait, yeah. do you have a pro? Yeah. Okay. Because for a second, I was like, maybe everyone right. who liked it played it on a pro. Because this game runs pro. poorly yeah. Yeah. on my PlayStation. Yeah. Like, frame rate is a problem. Opinion. Yeah. It runs poorly. I'm sorry, well, everybody. I feel like, uh, I'm sorry. I feel like, uh, you know, talking to Let you. Let the air out a little bit? Yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel a weight lifted. You know, no one's judging yeah. you here. How do, yeah. how do you feel? Oh, there's because I mean, it was a pretty intense, <laughs> like, negative you. response <laughs> that you had to this game. Now that you've kind of talked about it, and you know, we've had I, I've never not realized that people could love this game. It's yeah. ever been like, yes. How dare you like the last guardian? Like, no, I right. totally see it's, it's always it's, so the it's onus is on situation. me. Yeah, the onus is on me, exactly. Fallout, it's like, How do you like? Man, I like Fallout 4. I'm just kidding. I like I'm Fallout kidding. 4. I'm just kidding. That is, it is the weirdest thing, though, to be playing Last Guardian and to not be enjoying a single moment of it, yeah. but to know and understand and right. respect that mm -hmm. everyone else can totally love it and, yeah. like, to kind of get it. Yeah. But it also does make you feel like a crazy person. Yeah. Like, if he hadn't liked it also, I just never would have talked about <laughs> Last Guardian ever. Because mm -hmm. I, I... It's like Cassandra not talking about this. I was, like, terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Our know? fans would have seen it in your eyes. Yeah. I know. Well, well they did, apparently. Game. During the Goaty stream, like, apparently I looked all pissed off. <laughs> no, what I what I love is I'm I'm so glad that you guys came and, and said that because we're going to get a bunch of people that are like, hey, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I had the exact yeah. same experience. Well, like, I feel did. bad. Like, I don't, no, don't want to hurt bad. their feelings. Because like I love their company and their like, games, you know? I want them to make more of these. I think it's more interesting to me personally that we can have both of these responses rather yeah. than yeah. just us coming yeah. in and be like, oh my God, I yeah. love Trico. And right. That's, yeah. that's Game of the Year. Right? Yeah. Trico is so yeah, yeah. that level of conversation. Yeah. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Game of the Year sometimes is so, so intense. All the time. So, so every I want yeah. to switch. switch gears here. Uh, switch to something I've never played so I can go pee. Um, yeah, go right now. Okay. Because I guarantee you haven't played this one. Going, going jolly style. Okay. Mother Russia bleeds. Yeah. It's, it's funny to me that you, that you use the descriptor <laughs> jolly for this yeah. game. <laughs> so it's uh, Christmas Eve or so. Mm -hmm. Call it Brad Ellis. Oh, nice. Say, yo, Brad, come over. He's like, all right. Like, Bring a controller. Why? Bring a controller. <laughs> all right. Be there in a minute. Brad comes over, comes in, I'm playing uh, Uncharted 4 Survival, played that a shitload, we're not going to go into it, but my god, watch Very the good. archive, played with Quentin from Naughty yeah. Dog, Solid yeah. game. unbelievable, we got through crushing difficulty, <laughs> um, so Brad comes over and goes, we're, we're playing Uncharted, it's, it's split screen, I'm like, no, 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 so I finish my round, cue up Mother Russia Bleeds, he's like, oh, okay, <laughs> 
And uh, if you don't know, Brad and I have played... Uh, it, it, my entire life has gone down like this. Brad, come <laughs> over. Queue up. Beat em up game, whatever it may be. Double right. Dragon, Streets of Rage, like a constant in our lives. So we play Mother Russia Bleeds, and oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's simple, and that may turn some people off now. In 2017, we're in where uh, you know there's only really a couple buttons to push in this game, and right. and it's simple. I think that's such bullshit. Yeah. Me, me too. Me too. Me too. Because I, like, because uh, I had this the whole time playing couch co-op with him. It was this feeling of I am playing a game from the 90s in 2017 right now. And it yeah. feels so good. It, yeah. it was it's simple enough, but it also has the modern aesthetic of really awesome visual style. Like the backgrounds are really cool. Uh, the storytelling was obviously a step up from, like, a, a Streets of Rage, where you get, you know... Streets of Rage 3 has, like, I think the most storytelling out of all of them, where in between each stage you'll get a couple text boxes of dialogue similar to, like, the old Metal Gears. Uh, and this, it's like, sometimes you'll get, like, a two-minute long conversation between characters, and it builds just enough story and mystery yeah. to uh, to want to make you get through the game. And there was one thing I didn't like in the beginning, and that was having to suck up the drugs from corpses. Uh, there's like a drug mechanic. Like you do. Big, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, from dead corpses. The biggest mechanic, other than like punching, kicking, and grabbing, is the drug. Um, you can use one bar to heal, or you can use a full thing to go in rage mode, which you can like mess everyone up in one hit, or like crush their skulls with a finisher. Uh, so it was like really annoying in the very beginning of, all right, I use this to heal and then I suck him up and then I do it and I suck it up again and keep sucking up this drug from the corpses. But like, as you progress more, it becomes harder to suck it up because it's timed. So you'll heal up wow. and you'll have like half health, but no more drug left. And you're like, dude, that guy has that dead corpse has drugs. I need to get it. But enemies will come in and like <laughs> disrupt you while you're doing it. So it added this extra layer of like trying to trying to get it, um, but yeah, it was just a great game. It was it was really short. Uh, there's an arcade mode separate, short like hour hour and a half. No, it's it's a good length in terms of that. It's like three four okay. four hours. You can cool. get through it in like four hours. That just sounds like the perfect amount yeah. to have your exactly. best friend over <laughs> and play through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. There's like arc. Uh, every time you beat a stage, you unlock its arcade mode of that stage. To, and if you do well, you unlock a different type of drug. So there's like some unlocks in that sense. There's like four playable characters. Each one's different. And I want to play this. I got it for I got it for free from like checking in at a booth at PSX. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So then there's. I don't want to spoil it, but this is really all I have to say about. It. There's a the like in um, even in Streets of Rage. It's there's so many nods. To Streets of Rage in this game, and even Double Dragon, they know. They know. They know what's they up. They know. Uh, you know, the end. There's, there's. Let's just say there's a true, a good ending and a bad ending. That's all I'm gonna say. Can, can <laughs> I tell a little bit of a story about the developers? Of, yeah. Of Mother Russia Blues. Absolutely. And, and like what got me so on board. So, uh, we went to the Devolver Digital. They had this thing at E3. It was two years ago. Yeah. And I, I'd never heard of Mother Russia Please. I had no idea what it was. And so I go in there. And they're just like, yeah, pick up the controller. You know, it's better if you play co-op. And 
were playing. And, like, every time we did something cool, they, they like, got a glint in their eye. <laughs> and it got to the point where they were, like, sitting on the couch next to us, and they're like, try doing this. And, like, you would just destroy a dude. And yeah. they're like, wasn't that awesome? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then they offered us drinks, and I was like, okay, these people, yeah. these are the right people making this game. Devolver's the best. Yeah. I mean, they have, like, sad- <clears throat> sadistic tastes in a way. You could say that about, like, Tarantino. But it's it's got a class. But then to they it. also like right. they also distribute they, or publish Talos Principle. Yeah. So right. it's like who is this company? Like <laughs> yeah. what are they doing? Yeah. yeah. Hi Miami Shadow yeah. Warrior. It's they weird. Make, They're a weird company. Well, they make awesome stuff. So so Mother Russia bleeds. Uh, you know if you're looking for an old school game with with a modern uh, visual style like two yeah. players max or four, four players. players. Wow. Yeah. That's bonkers. So it is very fun. I feel bad about Last Guardian. Right. Why do you feel bad about Last I don't know. It feels bad to feel bad. I'm sorry. I don't want to bump <laughs> no. people out. Anyway, no, sorry. We're talking about good games. Yeah. Um, Walking Dead, season three. Oh my, yeah. Really I, quickly. I'm just. Oh, I'm so worried because I'm gonna play this. And I, okay, okay, I won't spoil it. Okay. Um, I will say, thank God Almighty. New engine, Telltale. Wow. Whoa, they did it. They did it. It's been 20 years. Finally, <laughs> finally. This game, Walking Dead Season 3, is not on Xbox 360 and PS3. Yeah. Thank God. That's good. Uh, it runs better than any Telltale game I've ever played, and I've played a ton of them. Uh, and I saw some kind of mixed feelings about the the premiere, because they, deb- they debuted with two episodes, mm-hmm. straight oh. up. Episode 1 oh, and 2. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, and I, hi- I highly recommend it. It's, okay. you know, especially if you've been playing Walking Dead Season 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, the, oh, I was kind of annoyed with the the way you implement your choices. You have to go through all these hoops. Uh, like, I had Walking Dead Season 2 PS4 save data on my thing, and I wanted to import it, but it didn't let me. Oh. Like, there's a guide. They have a straight-up Telltale, like, guide on how to import your save and everything and it was really weird so they they have just a thing like where it's you know you start it and it's like okay what did you do for you know so and so like simple and you know i wasn't too stressed about it and i answered answered truthfully to try to catch it all up and i'm like okay moving forward it'll be you know because really how many minor details matter there's always there's always like a couple big bullet points that matter right so i feel like it got those going into season three which is enough you know i'm not going to stress about like the couple little details so is it but like a quiz that you fill yeah in what it's you like chose? it'll be like in walking dead season one you know what did you do lee you know clementine Ooh. got what from lee and it was like uh you know emphasized what and it was like uh you know family self-preservation you know so and so and you answer huh so it's more like conceptual a little bit yeah That's interesting so, so can you play this without having played two season two it builds. It builds. I mean, you're you're Clementine. That's not a spoiler. Everyone knows that. You're, Excuse me. You're Clementine, and it's a couple years after two, and it's uh, it, it it feels like a good start. I've got a question for you. Absolutely. Something that I've been thinking about as I've been watching the latest season of Walking Dead mm-hmm. is, um, 
I still enjoy Walking Dead. I still enjoy this universe, but it's been going on for a long time. And so how they interact with these zombies and the situations they get into between different camps and things, it's, it's just yeah. a little bit less surprising sometimes. And I feel like they really got to work for it mm-hmm. to put me in a situation that I'm like, oh, man, yeah. I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Do you feel like that is an issue here? Do you feel like they, they handle that? Like, are, were you engaged throughout the whole thing? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, because... You know, if you watch a show or play the games, you know that humans are obviously more threatening than zombies. Yeah. But zombies can always surprise you. You know, you can be doing something, you need something, you you let your guard down for a second, and uh, those zombies will be on you. So, you know, in the first two episodes, I think there, there are some pretty cool moments where, you know, zombies and humans can are still always threatening. I'm excited to give it a, give it a shot. Yeah. So it's good. Uh, and then I finished Batman Telltale. I gotta finish it. Yeah. It's killing me. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to it's breeze through the these really quick. Out. I don't have a ton of games, really quick. Uh, Batman, just wanna say, I absolutely loved it. Um, there were a lot of technical problems with the final episode. They patched it, finally. Uh, it was rough when it came out. That's the old engine? Yeah. Uh, but I absolutely love Jones. A good Batman story that will give you something that somehow in 80 years or however long yeah. has never been done. Even in chapter one, there were like six or seven moments. I was like, ooh, two Yes. Whoa, hey, like, yeah. here we go. It's it's unbelievable <laughs> that, you know, you can still give me new perspectives on, on Batman. And, uh, you know. That actually gets me kind of hyped on it. That yeah. sounds cool. It, dude, Ian, <laughs> you would like it. Yeah. For sure. It sounds rad. For sure. It sounds really cool. And now yeah. that it's all, I was waiting to, to yeah. try to tell it was all out. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, then I played Virginia. Oh man, play I'm this. so glad you I played this. Play this. Yeah, Virginia. Play. Is this only on Steam? No, it's PS4. on PS4. And it's there. Oh, okay, yeah. I can't even talk about this because the it whole looks, thing yeah. is is story. It looks so interesting. It um, does. I want to play it. Oh man. The only thing I want to say without spoiling anything is d- the coolest storytelling technique of editing. Guys, you're oh, gonna yeah. love this. <laughs> the cuts. Thirty flights of loving. The cuts. You'll be. You know, you'll be walking down a hallway in real time, and all of a sudden it'll cut, and you'll be at you'll be at the door, or like you'll be walking down a, a down a, sto- a stairwell really slowly, and it'll cut, and then you'll be in the in the parking garage, and you'll be walking, and then it'll cut, and you'll be in the car driving. Yeah, just super cool way of telling a story in Virginia. Awesome game. You should play Thirty Flights of Loving. Brendan Chung's game, the guy who made mm. uh, I've never heard Quadrilateral of Cowboy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Blendo Games. He, I mean, he's a friend of mine, disclaimer, but like, uh, he does that really, really well. The cool. style. And I had never, I had never experienced something like that. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like this, this cutting of yeah. Um, Ben Moore. <laughs> We're diving in. What What are we doing? We're diving in. <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, okay. Because what's so funny yeah. about that is I thought of like five different things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We're diving in. We're diving in. Up to this point, 15, we have not fifteen. Okay. Yeah. in. We've been in the yeah, we're doing the kiddie pool. Yeah, we're right in now. the shallows. Yeah. What was once yeah. in the deep. It was quick, quick now game. in the shallows. We're so our noses yeah. now. Th- that, that's the thing though. All, uh, all these games on my list, so many of them are like four-hour games, just like really sure. quick. I love fifteen. That. Fifteen is not a four-hour game. Benjamin Moore. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, I'm so glad. But it has so many problems. Yep. <laughs> I don't care. Yep. Yep. Uh, there's there's something about a game capturing the feeling of an adventure. Absolutely. And 15 has that in spades. Uh, 
You know, I I hadn't beaten it at the time. I think we did bring it up about when this game works. It works. You gotta like. You don't have to work for it, but just some times when you boot it up and all the stars align, <laughs> it's perfection. Yep. Like there are times when I would boot it up, I would go on some hunts, the whole night would pass, and it would feel like I was out hunting all night long, and Gladio will be like be like, yo, we gotta get back. I'm tired. I'm tired, man. We gotta get back. We've been out all night. Mm-hmm. You know, or You'll be you'll be on your chocobo just riding in the rain and it's just this the trees are swaying and you're riding on your chocobo and it feels like you're out in the wild and I love that because even Witcher 3 you always feel in control. Geralt is such a confident character. Sure. He's a veteran. He's done this a million times civilization is always an earshot away you know if you need to get back to town and there were times in 15 when i felt isolated i felt vulnerable i felt just out in the wilderness and uh that that is a feeling that that was amazing i loved it absolutely loved it video games yeah 15 is a cool game. Love them. There, there are so many things that <laughs> that I want to say agreeing with that, but I think yeah. you captured it so perfectly that there's no need to. Really. I think Frame Trap has also documented 15 very well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is that's also true. true. I'm, I'm going to start like it to... later today. Yeah. Cool. I'm, borrowed Huber's, I'm trying to approach it. All right. I've got no idea if I'm going to like it or not. I'm uh, I'm actually pretty much done here. Well, I have two Call of Duties, yeah. and that's it, really quickly. Ooh. Uh, beat Infinite Warfare. Yep. Which I liked. Yeah. The ending, I was kind of like, ah, I don't care about you people, but this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? which you, there was which... a couple deaths at the end. I was like, you're stupid. That was dumb how you just died. That was not like, oh, I got to let that guy go. It was like, why did you put your hand in there? Yeah. Whatever. Like... Jones, which is, the biggest, <laughs> which is the biggest letdown for me with Infinite Warfare because it started out for at least the first couple hours very character focused mm-hmm. on the main character. I was like, this this Call of Duty is trying to trying to build on this guy, this yeah. character who I don't even remember his name anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, but that that's very telling. And, that's like, telling I, and I, I wrote it in my review. I'm like, this guy is super generic. Yeah, He's just, like like a lot of focus is being put on him, but like, yeah, there's just not a lot to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so yeah, nothing really to say actually about Infinite Warfare. You know, Jon Snow was okay as a villain and. Jon Snow's the villain. Yeah, the yeah. missions, the missions were were cool and Call of Duty business as usual. But then I played Modern Warfare Remastered, <laughs> and one of the reasons I love Remasters so so much is because you for for many reasons, but one of the main reasons is because I get to go back and relive a game with a different perspective, and. After playing so many Call of Duty, every single Call of Duty in between now from Modern Warfare to Infinite Warfare and then going back to it, it's so grounded. It's so realistic in a sense. Obviously, it's Call of Duty. You're mowing down guys, <laughs> hunt by a hundred. But for Call of Duty standards, it is the most grounded. And... It, it just, it had such a bigger impact because of that. It wasn't bombastic or, or bonkers or out of control chaotic. Uh, 
it made me care about the soldiers lives that i was with captain price is the best call of duty character of all time <laughs> bar none um and to somehow a big thing going through and playing it too was realizing how varied the missions were mm -hmm. and that is such a testament to design in a first person shooter that doesn't really have any mechanics besides point and shoot mm -hmm. uh making all of those missions so different and varied is what really makes modern warfare one the the best and the, and the momentum going into each mission exactly. is like when you when you're done with one you barely have time to catch your breath and then they just throw you into another yeah. one whereas like you, like we've gotten to the point with cod now with infinite warfare where you fit you finish a mission and then it's like yeah. oh that person died let's just kind of talk about it for a little bit or like maybe yeah. just walk around the ship and i'm like i'm ready let's go like like yeah get me in there so just fast yeah. non-stop and yeah. this was like when you go to the sas and price it's like all right we're behind enemy lines we have a high stakes objective they have a nuke. We need to figure out where it was. And the way that the stories connect also mm. is unlike any other Call of Duty where it's like, all right, we have the we have the Ranger and all of his soldiers and an entire army going through the Middle East and trying to like find out information to relay to Soap and Price this small, small, intense team that goes through these stealth missions and just it's so cool the way it all connects and you play as all these different characters. you play as yeah you play as soap and you play as the sergeant in the marines uh and then of course you get the flashback mission uh all gillied up which is Even just like the opening like the the training mission you go yeah. through and train for the mission uh, you do next yes yeah, oh, so you go good. through like yeah. a fabricated version of the ship mm -hmm. and then go through the ship Oh, and so it's cool. cool to like run through and like, oh, I know there's a staircase right there. Yeah. And like there was a guy in training in down Wallace Hallway, but there's not one here. And like, yeah. it's, and yeah, just, cool. it's fun. And, and the fact that the highest stake too, that yeah. didn't have to pay off, but did. Like, like it's been done so many times before, but Modern Warfare had the luxury of kind of being the first one of, in the Call of Duty franchise that the nuke itself is kind of the final boss. It's, it's the most high stakes you could possibly have, you know, and, infinite warfare it's like okay john snow is trying to like take over the planet yeah, yeah but these like, planets over here yeah oh, and it's like oh these these planets and these planets it's like no man the the guy has a nuke and if you back him into a corner he's gonna launch it and it doesn't get more real or yeah. high stakes than that uh you know and modern warfare one it holds up yeah. and lastly to end it all uh played a couple rounds of multiplayer and it was so fun going into that multiplayer to, to see how slow paced it is when, especially when compared to black ops and infinite warfare and all these other call of duties, yeah. but it still has the lethality of that yeah. where I had my level one assault rifle that does the three shot burst, aim that thing dead, you know, you die so fast, but it was just the six on six, small, intimate map. And it, and it, the way it all played out. What's funny is you you describe it as slow paced, and it's it's I think in a vacuum it's not. Like yeah. it's still really fast. Of course, yeah. But Call of Duty has just gotten so, so ridiculously yeah. fast with all of the different mm -hmm. ways that you can augment your character and jumping around the walls that it does. It does yeah. feel slow in a really refreshing way. Slow paced, as in where I lived for. 45 seconds to a, <laughs> to a minute right. rather than 20 or 10. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Seconds. So, that's yeah. it. It's played all those good games. Good list. Yeah. That was intense. That was Love good. It. I I want to, like, 
you had so many different games, and they were all games. like you had beat 'em ups, you had these adventure games, you had Call of Duty. Like, yeah, yeah I just realized. Stuff. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That was a gift. Ran the gamut. <laughs> uh, you were talking gambit? about diving, gambit. getting out of the kiddie pool and and diving in. This is why I didn't bring it up. I knew this was yeah. coming. Uh, boy, do I have something to dive into. The the big. I, I got three games to talk about. This is the big one. I'm really excited to do it because I finished it. I've played through the entire game mm-hmm. so I feel like I can speak about it with authority and that is Yakuza 0 mm-hmm. and uh, what I want to say is please buy Yakuza yeah yeah <laughs> I always say that I always yeah. say please buy Yakuza because I want the series to grow and I want it to get support in the west and, and all this stuff but I really feel like this is absolutely without question there's no doubt in my mind that this is where you should start enjoying this series yes um, because it is the beginning of the story and it contextualizes these characters in a really interesting way. And also, they're, they're much better storytellers oh than they God. were in Yakuza 1. It, um, is it a bold statement to say that out of six Yakuza games, Yakuza 0 is the best? I don't think so. I, I, it's I've, the best. It, it's hard because I, I really <laughs> hold a lot of the Yakuza games in that yeah. regard, but I think Zero might be the best. By the time I got to the end, what happened with those characters... like? I, I was welling up. It was extremely emotional. And the, mm-hmm. the thing is, is Yakuza is, is kind of soap opery. Like it's, it is intentionally Melodrama, melodramatic. It is, sure. it is ridiculous. And the emotions that characters are, are expressing, they're played up <laughs> to the most extreme levels. But there is something that is just so bittersweet that happens at the end of the game that I was like, wow, that payoff, that closure. And what I love is like, in Yakuza 4 and 5, I, I love those games a lot, especially yeah. Yakuza 4, um, because they do the ensemble cast really well. Yeah. Oh, we have five, all of these so different good. characters, and 5 is great as well, and they all have different storylines, and they eventually tie back together. Mm-hmm. I love that. But something I really appreciated about Yakuza 0 is you only have Kazuma and Majima. Yeah. And you just have these two characters, and I think that focus really helps them. Mm-hmm. But what they do is their stories start out so differently where what they're dealing with, the people they're interacting with, you're like, how is this possibly going to tie together? And how they do it and watching that mystery unfold, it is captivating. Mm-hmm. Like, I was... They always end the chapters on a cliffhanger and every I fell for it every time. Every I was time. Like, I want to know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess speaking a little bit more practically, it's, it's playing the game as well uh, is better than it's ever been because uh, each... Character Kazuma and Majima. What? What? I need to just, do just, uh, just, it reminds me of like James Brown singing or something, and James yeah. like, I can't come on. Like, there's, always, there's always the guy behind him that's like, Come on, James, come off stage, yeah, come off stage. Yeah. Preach it, Ben. Uh, it's the best. The the different styles. So both mm-hmm. both characters have three different fighting styles, and it's the best. It's so weird and bizarre, and adds so much to the fights. Um, like. Majima, I think, has the better of the, the three styles. So his first one is like a thug, and it, it you know it's basic punches and kicks, and he'll like get on their head and like break their neck with his legs, and you're like, oh, that's cool, but it's very Yakuza. His next one that he gets is called Slugger, and you just get a baseball bat that never breaks, and you just start beating the shit out of people. Which is a cool nod to like him in later games right, with the is. baseball it bat cool like nod. subtle nod of that right there are a lot of subtle nods like Th- this that this is a question that I yeah. didn't know where it was appropriate to ask but yeah. you said start here mm. but 
what I'm hearing is a lot of appreciation from having played the other games. And on, if this but, one's the best, but, do you want to save it to the end? The, the thing is, is like, it goes both ways. Yes. Okay. Whereas, because I've played the other Yakuza games, they have things in there that it's like, if you are a longtime fan, you will appreciate this on a deeper level. You'll know this but, street corner. You'll know but this it also corner. goes the other way. If you start with zero, there are things that happen in zero that you'll appreciate more mm -hmm. playing through zero and then one and then two and then three that okay. I didn't get to because I didn't get to go in with the knowledge of zero. So it's it like, goes both It's ways. like thinking about Star Wars and if, if a kid starts it at one. Right. Yeah. The the reveal in five is gonna like blow their minds even harder because like mm -hmm. they've watched yeah. this kid grow up into Vader, you know? Like I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what that's like. I the can't only, even the only thing that's that's throwing off that for me right, is, is that they're garbage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just the brutality of this slugger style, you can unlock a move where he sticks the end of the bat in the person's mouth. And then he Jesus. so and then he knocks Brutal. it up. Oh my god. And you're just like that's violent. It is. Oh my so god. Violent. And Kazuma has this like uh, if guys are blocking too much, you can just like s like grab their face and like like twist yeah. it and it makes this like snap noise and you like oh. slam them down and then just kick them in the head. Jesus. Uh, the so less, brutal. The last style that Majima has is there are these uh, street dancers that that get into a dance off and he's of course he, there are. He yeah. watches them and he's like, oh, this is really cool. And they have an intense dance battle. And then it, it like flashes. It does quick cuts to him where he's like, oh, I can make a fighting style out of this. He like so invents you, capoeira. Yeah, <laughs> you become you become like Eddie Gore from Tekken and you do like break dancing with, and you just wreck everyone. So this game throws a ton of enemies. So there. these games aren't entirely serious. No. No, not at all. Because I've never played any of them. But. I'm going to let you take the floor. I just want to put point one thing out yeah, of these yeah. games is how beautiful the line of serious yes. and com comedic is because they use the comedy to gut punch you in the stomach with a pure emotion uh, okay because the game will be so serious and then you'll get to a side mission where like kazuma needs to fill in as a a producer on a cooking commercial and you'll go in <laughs> And you'll, like, help them set it up, and, and you don't know what you're doing, and you have to, like, choose uh, a, a set of options, like, text adventure style. It's like, yo, go grab the so-and-so, and you'll be like, what do I grab, what do I grab, you know, this. That'll finish. Some people will come up and, like, try to try to beat, beat up the directors. And then when, when all these side quests end, there's always that moment of realization and a, of pure emotion where the director will be like, you know what, Kazuma? Like, as a director, we're storytellers. And I, I truly believe that stories are hopes and dreams for people. That that we are the dream weavers, making these stories that people can relate to and escape to. So it's my job to go out and make a bunch of TV movies and commercials. And just like these epic moments <laughs> yeah. that start out so ridiculous that culminate 
in these life-changing moments that I personally, as a gamer, am going to hold on to. I'm like, right. man, that's the most epic thing I've heard. <laughs> and, actually... and they're they're undoubtedly cheesy. Yeah. They are, yeah. but they're presented with such a sincerity yes. that you're like, I, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. This actually reminds me of something I was discussing with some people the other day, and, and I was talking about this with my dad about, like, homage films mm-hmm. like we were talking about like not parodies like mm-hmm. robin hood men in tights or whatever but like homage films like galaxy quest princess bride silverado maverick where by honoring but within a tongue-in-cheek way mm-hmm. the kind of genres that they're that they're doing they can they can both be in that genre seriously but also transcend <clears throat> it with comedy yeah. and the combination of that almost makes it a more impactful film in a lot of ways because the joy of it mm-hmm. feels so good and you can have the, the levity and the seriousness of all it's, the... Cause it it's like hits serious. every box. Yeah. But, and I, I think the design of it is of Yakuza 0 is in a lot of ways just so smart because there are so many mechanics and just different side activities that they introduce to you, but I, I feel like a lot of the times they don't just say, all right, here's what this thing is. Like, there's a mechanic that you get later on in the game where you can you can just throw money into the air to avoid fights because oh, like, the, genius, street, yeah. the street thugs that <laughs> would pick a fight with you are more interested in the money. Right. And rather than just like saying, okay, you can do that now, you run into this guy in a back alley, just the most like snobbish jerk in the world, and he's just laughing, like throwing money <laughs> in the air. And you're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I have so much money that I just throw it in the air. And, <laughs> And Kazuma's like, you're terrible, but maybe there's something to this. And so you you like become his student for just a little bit, and he, he tells you about the joy of like throwing money. That's incredible. Right. And it, That's incredible. It's just this is like very simple mechanic. Like here's how you avoid fights, but they make it a moment, right? They I also it. I also love the idea, just a character of yeah. a character that is this hardened. Japanese like yeah. mobster who also approaches the world in, in in a childlike kind of student kind of way like that where yeah. it's just like willing to engage with anyone to learn life lessons like that's hilarious also yeah. real quick aside you need to watch Chance, Chance. on Hulu okay. starring Hugh Laurie okay yeah. I promise it's amazing yeah. I haven't finished yet I got two episodes left but oh my god it's like yeah. a slow-moving neo-noir there's a moment, the reason I bring it up, there's a moment involving money in a back alley that <laughs> is very different. Money in a back alley but sounds like, like an episode of Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> but like, oh my Dawn's God, that show. Gaming. Yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was really interesting uh, is that how the economy works in the game because before you would earn money from fighting things and doing stuff uh, that you would spend on like food and items um, and then you would have uh, sort of ability points that you would get and, and evolve your character. But here, everything you do, you have to spend money on. So you have sort of this this skill sphere, and if you want to get an ability, it's like, okay, that's 15 million yen. And Oh, yen, right. You, For a second, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you eventually get to a point where you have so much money that it doesn't matter, but, but early on, there are definitely times where it's like, Oh man, I want to go and do these mini games and spend a bunch of money yeah. on that. Is it better to do that or get this new move or get a little bit more health? Right. And so I, I, I kind of like that idea a lot that everything mm-hmm. is pulling from the same pool. Me too. Um, I love that. Like yeah. Dark Souls. And the mini games are the best they've ever been. They're, They're so really much fun. They're really um, good. You can just play Outrun, man. And, and just <laughs> yeah, and, and just Straight how up. and and again, just just how 
the the series has evolved over the years mm-hmm. and the the styles in combat are so engaging and, yeah. and switching those but the the quest design um yeah. you know you go back and you play the original yakuza one and two specifically yeah man if you don't have a guide knowing where to go, holy shit, you'll be wandering the s- streets of Tokyo for hours because there'll, there'll be moments where it's like, man, I got to find a lead on uh, Daigo or something. You know, I better ask around. Right. But I've been around town and to, to, to progress in, in those early Yakuza's, it's like, okay, I need to talk to this exact person. Right. No waypoints, no hints, no nothing. Right. Got to talk to that person. And while there are still quests in Yakuza 0 that are like, all right, I got to find a lead on this, it'll kind of point you in the right direction. Like, oh, I heard a lead that it's behind kind of theater square in an area, you know, so you'll go over in that area and kind of walk around and, and feel it out, but... Um, and, and something that I feel like I get to say less and less on this podcast is the side quests in Yakuza 0 mm-hmm. are 100% worth doing because yeah. all of them are individual stories. Yes. It's not It's not just like, do this, get an item. It's like, do you want to experience this story that you don't have to do? And it's like really fun. Like some of the funniest moments yeah. in the game come from these side activities. Yeah. And there's so many of them. And mm-hmm. so many of them are so well written. There's, there's one where... Because it's set in the, it's time in the eighties. There's a bunch of people waiting in line for Dragon Quest Three. They don't call it Dragon Quest Three. <laughs> this but quest is, was the best. It was so good. Don't it tell is, him. Don't tell okay. him. It's so okay. It's so good. It is so good. You're it's right. So I should save it. I the payoffs it. to every single side story, and it's yeah. like, I remember when I when I got to review Yakuza Five instead of you. I apologize for that. I, <laughs> no, I reviewed no, <laughs> GT. Don't apologize. It was and great. One of the main one of the main points I brought up was in Yakuza Five, how it more than one through four really encouraged the side quests, mm-hmm. and Zero even builds on that. I agree. Like I would, I would tell people that are trying to go through these franchises, you know, one by one, Yakuza one through four, you can just crit path those yeah. games. You know, the the sub stories are there, the side quests are there, but they're right. not as important. And five and now zero have really made a push to make those you meaningful. You want to do them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Th- so, uh, <laughs> in, in the later games, like Majima. Majima has been a popular character, but I, I feel like in some of the Yakuza games, especially the later ones, they don't know exactly what to do with him. He's just kind of this crazy guy that, that has this unpredictability to him. And I, I feel like he's become kind of this... Like one note, it's a good note, but kind of this one note character that they 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 struggle m- making him feel significant. And what I love, like what I think all prequels should do, and what Yakuza Zero does so well is they give so much to his character. <laughs> they give him tremendous depth. And while you absolutely can play as Kazuma and Majima, and while both of them have really great moments, it is his story. Mm-hmm. Yakuza 0 is his game in a great way, mm-hmm. and I just have a much deeper appreciation cool. for his character now that I've are, finished it. Are they the player characters of the other game, or they're just like old men in the other games? So, <clears throat> Kazuma you play as in all of them? Right. Okay. Um, and then in 4 and 5, you sort of have an ensemble cast where you, mm-hmm. depending on the chapter you're in, you play as a oh, different okay, character. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love this game. I think yeah. everyone should play it. I think all of the allies, I 
yeah. think every single one of you would like Yakuza Zero. I think mm. a lot of the viewers would like it. I, this is a game that I, I can say, please buy this, and I feel confident that you'll probably dig it. That being said, I do have some things to criticize. Just a couple of little things. Um, the as much as I love the styles in the game, I don't feel like the fights evolved to accommodate for them. I feel like you, because of the styles, you can cover so many bases that I really didn't have to to think about fights or like I didn't die at all in the game. And like that that breakdancing style is so good at just demolishing like an entire groups of enemies uh, that it's like. They made these styles, but they just threw in fights from the mm. old games. Like That's interesting because yeah. the the earlier games, all the way, even three, four, like some of those bosses, yeah, were so hard. And it's like I would always try to exploit it by taking a bunch of uh, health potions along and right. just cracking into those. You know, like it, it, the game is so easy, and then right. you know JRPG style, you get to a boss, and it's like whoa how do I beat this guy and you can still do that here you can still kind of cheese it with healing items mm-hmm. but the, the thing with the bosses is anytime I would hit a roadblock is I would find a style that just demolished the boss mm-hmm. and because you were more limited in the other games you couldn't really do that cool and so you just kind of had to get better uh, yeah. whereas here like the slugger style from Majima you can do a <laughs> combo that like everyone falls for okay. even the toughest of bosses uh, the other thing is is um, some of the main quests they do really stupid things. Like there's, there's a, the, there are several times throughout the game where you want to get onto the next thing, and it's like, okay, Kazuma, before you do that, why don't you run all over the city and get items for people for no reason? Oh my god, um, the and, alcohol one. Yeah, the alcohol one. Is <laughs> Not one a spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to get this. Inf- you need to get information, and these these uh, homeless people have that information, but before they're going to give you the information, there's like five of them or something like that. You need to go get a bottle of alcohol for all of them, and they all want a different thing, and all of these things are in different shops. Ah. And so it just feels like tremendous padding. But, yeah, to be fair, yeah, that quest is how I found the Dragon sure. Quest quest. Sure. It led me to that. Oh, and I was right. like, okay, I'm doing this now, and right. whoa, that was amazing. So. And... and, and <laughs> I don't want to overemphasize it. It doesn't. It actually does not happen that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not something I really want to come down on the game for. There were just a couple of times where I'm like, uh, yeah. can't all be winners. Yeah, yeah. But no, really tremendous game. I love it. Um, the next two I'll go through really quickly. Uh, just an update on Dragon Quest Seven. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm in a totally different place with that game now. I, I love it. I love it. Oh, um, yeah, you've gone through. Yeah, I know, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. Um, and I was complaining about the characters before and uh, how the combat system was, was a little bit too simplistic. And I think I was approaching it and expecting a certain kind of game. And it's not that. It's not a character-driven JRPG. It is a game where the characters are far less important than the sort of mini-stories that you're going through. Somebody said it uh, best. I don't remember who it was. It's not one JRPG, it's like 20 JRPGs that all kind of are in one game. It's like an anthology where you be, you're traveling through time and you're going to all these different places and all these different places have their own individual storylines with their own individual characters and the joy of it is getting involved in those new conflicts, going to, to some strange mm-hmm. place. Um, it's not really about your party. Could you play through those... In one sitting, one at a time. Yeah, that's kind of is how that I've been the doing way to it. do it. Is yeah. like each 
And I, I don't know if that's the way to do it because the game is a zillion hours long yeah. and I feel like it's going to take me forever to get through. But it's really satisfying having a complete story that's beginning and middle and end and only having it be a couple hours. Like, cool. I just put these tablets into this one fragment, I go back to the past of this area, I experience that storyline, I put it down. Cool. You know, and it's it's really, really, really awesome. And also, from the last time I've unlocked the job system. Um, Game changer. <laughs> boy, do I love job systems. I know. I absolutely They're love so them. They're so good. Almost absolutely. always. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, mm, and so mm, job system. Yeah. What's your favorite <laughs> job system, Jones? Uh, um... Probably like the MMOs, I mean, which is like unfair. And in a in a standard console, probably five. Um, wait, no, wait, there was another. Oh God, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, probably Bradley Default, actually. Love the job system. Oh wow, Bradley Default. Nice. Um, I, I I do think the job system in seven is like pretty basic. So you, but it it totally works. I don't even think that's really a criticism. You have a bunch of basic jobs that you can offer, and anyone can be anything. And then you have advanced jobs, and you have to master two basic jobs to get certain advanced jobs and then you have master jobs where you have to mm -hmm. master two advanced jobs to get those and all of the skills from the basic jobs you carry over mm. and so you can just make these characters that are really good at magic and can are really good with weapons and have high agility and just just sitting there and figuring like oh man what do i want to make mm -hmm. is just such a great feeling and the game is also uh it, it's not hard it's not a hard game but the first 20 hours, I was pretty much sleeping my way through it. Like, I really didn't have to think at all during fights. Mm -hmm. And now, I've had some boss battles yeah. where it's like, all right, there was one person left. I had yeah. six HP. And that's something I love about JRPGs. I love, I love Dragon Quest specifically. Yeah, I love having those moments where you fight this big boss, mm -hmm. this totally unique character model that has these unique attacks and you just barely get through it yeah i feel like uh you know we were talking about tales earlier i feel like the yeah. uh, the tales franchise doesn't hit that note you know it's always just cruising through a tales game sure. uh, <laughs> even some final fantasies you know you can kind of exploit it and uh get through final fantasy pretty easily mm -hmm. i feel like dragon quest is a really great balanced difficulty where it straddles the line of like unnecessary grinding and kind of just natural progression. Mm. Is that fair to say? JRPG Master? Um, <laughs> it, I, I definitely think there are some Dragon Quest games where the grinding is too much. Yeah. Like, Maybe eight for has the time. a little bit. <laughs> um, but that's something that's kind of good about the job system is it, it actually takes a long time to level up your characters once you reach a certain point. Um, but the job system... It's number of battles fought determines how you rank up. And so even though you may not be leveling up, like before you get a level, cool. you might get three ranks in a, in a job. And so you're getting new skills and you feel like you're progressing even if that, that level number isn't going up. And that, it's kind of nice having that because it, it's, I think if it was just leveling up, it would be too slow. Yeah. Oh man. So Eight. Yeah. You get to level like in your 20s and then it's like, all right. Eight hours later, you'll be level up. <laughs> it's like, holy crap. No, knowing your love of Dragon Quest, <laughs> I think you more than any of the other allies, I, I, I kind of want 
you to get to that point where you get the job system drank with yeah. and, and see what you think about I've it. I've been playing on I played a couple hours, I got my small three DS still and it's like I'm like squinting. I'm actually coming around to your side. Yeah. Where, like now that I've just bought a new T V, yeah, I feel wrong, like sitting in my apartment playing on my three DS. Yeah. It's it's weird. I want to just like get on and the I couch got, and And I have that small three yeah. DS this big. Postage stamp. Yeah. Uh, the last game I played uh, that I want to talk about is uh, Dragon Guard 3 on the PS3. Near World, right? Yeah, so the reason I'm doing this, uh, the Near demo, I loved it so much that I was like, I'm going to play through everything connected to this timeline, which is the Dragon Guard games. Wow. Um, and so I ordered 1 and 2, and those should be arriving shortly, I'll play through them. But Dragon Guard 3 is the beginning of the story in the Near Dragon Guard timeline. And it's Dragon Guard with a K, right? Not Dragon a G, Guard. not Dragon. No, yeah. So in Japan, it's called sure. it's called Dragon Dragoon. Okay, which is weird. Um, but in the West, it's called Dragon, Dragon Guard. Guard. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. I've been trying to figure out how to say this, and I think I just need to present both sides. Dragon Guard Three is like a bad video game. <laughs> uh, and what I mean by that is. When you're fighting, the frame rate gets so atrocious, like single digits. There, there, there will be times where I'll be fighting, and the, the screen will freeze for a second. Oh boy! And then pick back up again. And you're there are fights, especially if you're calling in the dragon. You're, it's like five frames per second. It's just, it's just terrible. And this is you're playing on PS3. It's developed for PS3. Right. Yeah. Yes. And um, <clears throat> it's just so technically rough that it really like. It's supposed to be an action game where you're dodging and you can parry and do all right. this stuff, but the frame rate is so bad that it's it's hampering your enjoyment of that. Um, and the level design is just extremely basic. Like you're going from point to point. It does the Devil May Cry thing where it's like, all right, you're in this square room. We're gonna lock both doors and right. kill all the enemies. I mean, that's that's every level. It does right. that. Um, so it's a very simple game, but I love it. <laughs> um, I'm, this is not a recommendation. I'm not endorsing its quality, but. It is an extremely weird game, and the ways in which it is weird are fascinating to me. So fascinating that like I can't wait to go home after this and keep playing and see what happens. Because the people that you're playing as are are terrible human beings. Yeah. They're just so awful to each other, to the world around them. Um, and not terrible in like the traditional villain way. Like, they'll just... The, the, the character you play as Zero... I'm not going to repeat some of the things that she says here, but what she has said to her comrades and to her enemies are so vulgar Jeez. that like, I almost felt bad for the voice actress. <laughs> and the way, the way that it works is they kind of create this like despicable tone that you're just sort of drawn into. Hmm. You're like, everyone is terrible and I'm doing terrible things. How deep does this go? <laughs> like... <clears throat> You play as this character that is known as an atoner, and these are sort of magical beings that have dominion over the world. And this one atoner wants to go and kill all of her sisters. And the first sister that she runs into, she just, she cuts her down with her sword, and then she starts stabbing her over and over again, like, a lot. And the screen cuts and it says, this scene is not appropriate for anybody. And so it makes a joke out of it, but it's also kind of serious, and you're like, okay, that was weird. And then what it, is this game? What yeah, it, I know, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. And then the servant of the person that you're stabbing, who's supposed to serve 
her forever. Once you kill her, he slices her in half and then starts like stepping on her over and over again and then laughing. And then it says this audio is not like appropriate for human consumption. And so it's kind of funny and you laugh right. and then you feel really bad. Because you and, just hated her so much? Yeah. It's, and, then, and then there's like toilet humor after that. And so it just, it, it bounces around all of these different things. And, and Nier is kind of like that as well. Um, I, I don't think it's as good as Nier. I don't think it's as well written as Nier based on what I've seen so far. But man, the guy who made these games, he definitely has a style. Um, and it's... <laughs> It's really intriguing. Like I want to play through everything he's done. And, and yeah. does Nier do stuff like that? Like weird. Oh yeah, jokes but and. Did Nier come out before? Uh, yeah, Nier came out before. And then yeah. So what's interesting about Nier and why why I said Nier is is maybe a little bit better is because Dragon Guard kind of reveals its hand early. Like the vulgarity that I'm talking about, the insanity is is there immediately. Uh-huh. What's kind of cool about Nier, and maybe this will inspire some people to play it, is you're sort of lulled into a a sense of security at first where it just you're like oh this is kind of like a mediocre action rpg with traditional fantasy towns and a traditional fantasy tone and then very slowly it starts throwing you for a loop okay and it becomes just i i've said this word a lot but it's true fascinating like near is a mediocre incredible game and i like (laughs) I, oh, I want you guys to play it. Swimming because, sevens, baby. Because I, I feel like we could get on a frame trap where like any one of you would be like, near. Um, Brad's streaming it. He's been yeah, going yeah through. Brad's been playing yeah. it. Yeah, he hasn't reached uh, some of the parts that I'm talking about yet, but he'll get cool. there. He'll cool. get there. Oh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Sweet. Um, nice. Weird stuff. We did it. We did it. We got through. Two hours and 35 minutes. minutes. Right, we're getting there. Um, Five hours. That's way there. Yeah, I know it's been a long podcast, but I am really excited for today's... Hotake! A little bit weaker than normal because of my voice. I'm sorry. It's all right. But, um, You're forgiven. Yeah. This this Hotake, um, I've, I've put a lot of thought into, and I, I hope it's as interesting as I think it is, but um, something I've been thinking a lot about is... Uh, Video game previews. And I think 2016 was a really interesting year for that because, uh, <laughs> you know, like. 234.40. Thank you. It's just the most important one. Yeah, like, I'm like, need I'm like waiting code. for you to write it down. I'm like, write yep. it down, man. Don't yep. forget. Write it you down. understand. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, I'm going to hate your future. You is going to hate past you. There were so many games that. I was fortunate enough to play an early build of, and and there were times like I think Metal Gear Solid Five is a good example, even though that that wasn't 2016, where I went to a kind of thing and I played like the the entire first act of that game and felt like I had a great understanding of it. My feelings on Metal Gear Solid Five changed completely once I finished it, um, and that's been happening a lot, right? No Man's Sky, seeing the response to that, oh like boy. the expectation versus the result, Hitman and Doom, the negative expectation and the result, and so it's been making me. F- feel really weird about pre-release coverage like for for us i really feel like we're approaching these games honestly and we try to give the best impression of what we see but is that enough like i there are a lot of times where i feel like i'm giving an opinion on a game and i'm like wow maybe it's not gonna gonna go like this so what do you think the role of video games previews are has your opinion of them changed over time and what would you like to do in the future based on what we've seen I mean, I think if you're being honest, 
with your thoughts and feelings beforehand, that's that's all. You, that's the best you can do, right? Right. As long as you're not. And I'm, I know that like maybe there's an impulse not to just totally lambast something mm-hmm. and be like, it could be good, you know? Like right. we'll wait and see. I think like we'll wait and see is like the the nice way of saying like. I hated this, right. but they might fix it. Like when you came back from the the Hitman event, you were like, "This right. is fundamentally flawed." Like, <laughs> yeah, just just a terrible game. And then it came out, and they fixed all the problems, they fixed all and the it problems. was great. Right, and, and like and Final Fantasy 15 was like, right, oh god, 15 was like a but would, nightmare. But before. would those fixes have been made? Would that much work have exactly. been put on I it? I wonder. Yeah, hadn't so many people walked out of that preview event so disappointed? Sure, that's a very good point. Yeah. I, I do think that it has. And I mean, with the Neo betas and stuff, like, mm-hmm. they listen. I think we're getting into an era where more people listen and listen better and implement changes better. For, uh, for Honor and Neo, like, their betas, the game has evolved even in those stages. Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing these things for a reason. They're not just, right. you know? So that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I had an interesting moment at PAX uh, this last year where I was at a party and I was in line for the bathroom and I was sitting next to a guy who was working on a, uh, uh, was working on a game and he was really bummed, and I was like, "Oh!" And it was it was I was a little bit lost in translation because I don't think English was his first language, and so it was a little hard like to understand what he's saying. And obviously, it's really loud at the party. And he was like, "Oh, I'm just he's like I'm just bummed because uh, this article came out today." And he like brought it up on his phone and he showed it to me. And the headline of the article, I believe, was uh, "This this game suffers from one of the worst things you could do with the game. It's boring." And that was the headline. That's like where you started the right. preview. And I think that I like that is an issue that I have with previews. Like that's where I think if you do have an if you have something like a Hitman, you know, it's like just label it that you're 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 previewing Hitman. You're like this is mm-hmm. our perspective of Hitman. Right. So if you're a fan of our audience, you know me, you know what games I like, you see the byline in a preview, you know Huber has these mm-hmm. expectations for for something like For Honor, and so now it's like oh now this you know a new alpha or a beta or something is mm-hmm. happening. Like I, I wonder if it's gotten better or worse. But, like, just, you know, before anybody has a chance to read something, coming out with, like, a campaign against this game. Where right, it's like, I right. hate this, and I want that to be the only thing you take away from this. Um, that there, There's got to be something. I can't think of a game I've just detested from top to bottom. There's always something I appreciate. Or yeah. or some potential. Or or trying to figure it out and, and trying to, you know, approach a game from all angles. Brendan, I think that is more specifically what I am trying to tackle with this segment is... Uh, I'm also not of the opinion that if you're if you're writing impressions about a game, I, I don't I don't think you have to constantly say, well, it's still in development. Like I think you can bring honest feelings. Yeah, I think you yeah. can bring a reaction to it, even if it's negative. But just sort of how this industry has evolved, like going on YouTube and seeing channels where it's like just the most sensational like caption ever like this this game don't play it it's gonna ruin your life or something it's total garbage right yeah. and it kind of what you were talking about with that headline is is finding the right tone yeah uh like having an appropriate amount of skepticism and communicating that skepticism with your audience i think i think, really I think like what you were saying of just calling it like hitman preview that would be the ideal and that works if you, like, I mean, we're a Patreon-supported thing, so, like, that would work kind of for us because right. we have that built in. X number of people are going to probably watch it, you know? But, like, <clears throat> on these other sites, <coughs> excuse me, the the unfortunate dual nature of, of this thing is, like, the journalism is also a product. Right, of And, like, you need to get people to click on that product. I do think that there are responsible ways to market your product of criticism, you know? And I think that giving up the ghost in the headline is generally just not a great idea anyway. 
And yeah, it can't. I've seen headlines where it like it feels like a smear campaign, and it feels like an attack for no reason. It, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, there's no need for this hostility. Hostility, like, if if someone doesn't read the article, because that article could have been like, this game suffers from the worst crime. It's boring. But then in the article, they might be like. Uh, the first half is a little boring. There are a lot of interesting things here, and I think that they could polish this up and make it, you know, like, whatever they could, like, unpack that. But a lot of people are just going to read the headline, and that's the only yeah. thing they ever remember. Uh, and it's yeah. just, like, not I, responsible. I feel like Game Trailers was the old style, but not corporate. You know what I mean? So it's like we had that old tendency and old style of coverage but it was still us. It was still our voice. We weren't corporate. We weren't really answering to anyone. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's where I got my start and kind of where I learned. And Bloodworth just always encouraged with previews specifically. It's like, yo, the game's not out. So much can change so rapidly. Like, if you hate it, kind of, like, say what's wrong with it, but not, like angrily yeah you know and i kind of need to be inherently hopeful yeah exactly uh, so they used to be for us yeah yeah so I, i've kind of taken the blood stance of like yo this is the preview this is kind of how it is but i'm not gonna campaign against this yeah but if i if i have fears and, and if this game is kind of worrisome like i gotta somehow convey that in a you know, not, I think, a, I think not a witch hunt style way. The balance that I think that <laughs> game trailers a lot of the time struck. Sometimes it maybe <laughs> got a little too far into the... the. Well, the balance that I think you want to strike is you want to be cautiously optimistic without feeling like you're being paid by the game exactly. to write about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to like, get that there, across. There are, yeah. a few, there are a few previews that we cut that I'm like, this sounds like an ad, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And I was like, yeah. and I was like, this is a little weird. Like, it sounds like an ad. Mm -hmm. And like talking with the person who wrote it in person, they were like, yeah, it had these issues, but like, I'm, I'm hoping they'll fix them. You know, and I'm like, well, you could have mentioned that. Yeah. Th that's but, the like, thing. That's that's the next point I want to jump on. Is, is I think transparency yeah. is, is more yeah. important, and I think we can we can we can lean on that even more than we are because even the environment that you play a game in makes mm. a tremendous difference, and it's not something that I often see. Uh, in articles, like when I'm playing something at E3, yeah. if I if there are like a bunch of people behind me yeah. waiting to yeah. play, or yeah. and there's like a guy like trying to talk to me and it's very loud, like there have been times where I've played a game in that environment where I'm like, yeah, I don't think I really liked that. Yeah. And then later in the cover of my own home, I download yeah. it and I was like, oh, there's there's so many nuances that I didn't pick up. I'll specifically at at events like PSX and E3 and stuff. <sighs> I'll specifically not play some stuff mm -hmm. be for that reason. Like right. I'm like, this is a thoughtful puzzle game. I'm not gonna play it right. here. Like I'm looking to just know? like crit path, get through, right, get, get my right. feet and wet. There's like okay. eight guys behind me trying to play. Like I felt bad about Dark Souls three. It was the last day of PAX, I think, and I had a media badge, you know. So they let me skip the line and not just play to one death. They let me play. They were like, play as long as you want, and I was just I felt so guilty that I got to stand there and play it. Like I died like two, three times, and mm -hmm. like people could see me playing, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like these guys all hate me because they think yes. I'm just, like, breaking the rules, you know? Right. And, like, obviously it's Dark Souls, so, like, I'm gonna, you know, I loved it. But, like, that was that was coloring my experience. Uh, Thimbleweed Park came out of PAX for me. That was an example of, like, ooh, that's a tough game to demo to PAX. Which one is that? Thimbleweed the... Park, the new Ron Gilbert. Uh, it looks like Maniac Mansion. Oh, okay. It's kind of yeah, like yeah. X-Files-y. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's like you're going to 
pick up two items and talk to a person and then your time's up. Right, and it's right, like, right. Oh, I don't really get a vibe of like solving a puzzle and really seeing a narrative expand. Uh-huh. And, Jones, one of my favorite things you've ever told or you've, we've ever talked about is, you know, prove it kind of thing where mm. it's like, you know, pop fiction and all that. It's like, yo, I did this level in three minutes. Post a video. Yeah. <laughs> Post it, you know? And I think the era we live in now with previews and and YouTubers and all that, it's like, show me the game, you know? Whereas I, I feel like the old style of just a written preview by itself yeah. uh, maybe isn't taken as seriously anymore. And it kind of has like the video footage to accompany it. So I think, you know, it, it's maybe harder to have a, you know, be a shill or like, yeah, you know, yeah. this game's great. Check it out in this preview. Well, and, I think, and it's like the, the the video should be there to kind of back it up. And right? also I think like, and I, I think this is also just colored by like the way that we do our thing. But like, I don't, I don't go to IGN a lot or Kotaku or Polygon a lot much anymore to read content, you know, but... The thing that I like is, oh, I know, like what you were saying is like, oh, I know Huber's kind of stance on this. So I'm I'm looking for Huber's opinion on this because mm-hmm. my tastes generally align with this human being, mm, this right. personality. Uh, instead of just, this is IGN or Game Trailers is faceless corporate opinion of the upcoming Mass Effect game. Yeah. Like, hey, it could be great. Explore new planets. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, just watch a trailer. You know? Yeah. Just why I love Frame Trap, because we get to talk about it's a four games hour raw, four hour raw, just played. Co- and yeah. just played too. It's like yo, you see us directly talking about it, like raw from the heart. There was a, there was a question from the soul uh, that we got during last Q and A that I was also thinking about, and it's kind of tied with this. Is uh, somebody said you guys are really excited for the new Zelda, you know, and he he very. He did a great job of saying, like, here's why I'm not excited and right. expressing a lot of cause for concern. And I totally saw where he was coming from. And I, I thought to myself, like, yeah, Brother Wild might be totally disappointing. I, mm. could, I could see it playing out that way. Mm. And the other thing that I want to convey that I think is important with what you were saying about tying it with people and, and having people relate to that is sometimes I think there's a difference between excitement and endorsing something. Yeah. Um, and I think it is okay to be excited about something, to think of the possibilities, and to kind of latch on to the best possible outcome, while also still being able to say and open to the fact that this might be bad. Right. And I think we do that a lot of times. We, do, we Unfortunately, we don't have the, the foresight to say, yes, I know, it could be terrible, yeah. But here's why I'm saying, like Mass Effect Andromeda, I think is a really good example for me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I oh, just about to bring that game up. Actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna play the hell out of it. It might right. be awful. Right. But I'm excited. <laughs> right. But I'm excited. I'm, I'm you know optimistic. And, and I think just like because of reaction videos and and people responding to positivity, sometimes that doesn't always come across. Where it's like, mm-hmm. even if this is terrible, I still want to play it. That's yeah. a totally different thing. Shenmue three. Right. Holy crap, dude. Yeah. This game could not be good. <laughs> but a- a- am I all in and hoping that it delivers? Absolutely. Am I going to be excited up to the very second where I push start to play? Yes. And but. I think I think that the opposite <laughs> of that is true as well. Like, right. that person, I got a sense from that question that... And this happens to me sometimes where, like, uh, I catch flack sometimes because I think it seems like I, I'm hating a game or, like, really down on something before it comes out. And, like, 
I want to just stand up for the the cautiously skeptical human being, you know? Like, I, I mean, there are there are definitely people that you encounter that are just like hatefully against something, you know? Right. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. No Man's Sky came up like before that game even came out. There were people that were just like, "No, this is garbage," you know? And then they're like, "Yeah, vindicated when it comes," and everyone hates it, you know? Right. And like, I don't think that that's healthy either, you know? But I think that sometimes when someone is, you know not excited about Zelda Breath of the Wild or whatever. Right. That people shouldn't jump down that person's throat either, you know? Like it's Absolutely. okay not to be excited for something yeah. even if everyone else is, you know? Like you might you don't have to feel like a crazy person. Like just, if Talos you know, Principle 2 comes out Ian? Yeah. I'm not gonna You're be, not gonna I'm care. not gonna be excited. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm gonna be sorry. like, oh sweet <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> But it's okay, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's, it's, it's okay not to be excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, video games mirror a story. It begins with the debut trailer and ends with the game's launch. You know, mm. and like, uh, and, and I understand like games can live forever past that. MMOs, Final Fantasy XI is still online. You know, but like, it is. But like, yeah. to, wow. to me, when it launches, then the developers get to hand it off to the players, and then the, the they're, they're the community. It really, in a sense, is journalists. Like we kind of take a backseat as well. It's like yeah, it's your oh, game yeah, now, yeah, yeah. you know. Like mm-hmm. look, we might have got an early access on it, but now you get to do you, you know to tell that journalist? story. It's weird. I do. I, I write it more now on like forums and stuff every like that. When it's like, calls, what's your job? And I'm like, yeah. I guess I'm a journalist. Every time someone calls me a journalist, I'm like, yeah. yeah I've I settled know. on it when I meet people <laughs> that I know. Like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to explain my job to you, and you're not gonna right. get it. You know? and like, yeah, that's say. a good point. That's like, good I would have point. people back in the day that they're like, so you make trailers? Yeah. And I'm like, I time. don't. I do this, and they're like, yeah. cool. It must be neat to make trailers. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> we like, didn't uh, just have a conversation. Yeah. But. And and so I think whenever you're talking, even when reviews, like if you're talking about it, if you're previewing a game or reviewing a game, you're you're talking about your experience. You're talking about this evolving narrative of of, of us trying to understand what this game is. Mm-hmm. Even a review is not like this game is this. It's like this is the our our Easy Allies review is is Daniel Bloodworth's experience playing The Last Guardian on like, this like that, date. Yeah, they like came out this day, the game which was again out. was with a lot when people are like, oh, wait two months until they patch it. It's like no, the game launched today. I'm yeah. telling the story of it today. I'm time stamping right. this. That's when that happened. Um, and so, yeah, as long as you approach something like a preview, like we were, like we've said, you know, more, you know, again and again in this conversation, but it, understanding that it will be, di- it was different last week, it will be different tomorrow. That it, it's inter- you got to take into account who this developer is, and if this is different from other types of games that they made, it's impossible to write a first paragraph to a Last Guardian or Final Fantasy 15 with re- review without being like, "Whoo, that was ten years," you know. <laughs> yeah. And so that that's kind of recognizing that the story of Final Fantasy 15, and so. That's what fascinates me, and 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 was largely why we started game trailers. It's just like that obsession with this concept of like you can either do this really right or really wrong. In the case of Andromeda, where it's just kind of like we've yet to really have that you know that piece of media. They're like, there's the game. There we go. Yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. how close that game is, and I, it's, it's all advertising. Firm like, date what? now too, it's right? And I'm just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a little bit weird to me, and I, I think you can say this about Andromeda. I think you can say this about Mass Effect. I think you can say this about a lot of games where I feel like there's this obsession with getting to the conclusion of opinion before we have like the sufficient tools mm-hmm. of doing this. Yeah. Like I, there's just reading about Andromeda, it just seems like people are so ready to to either write it off or jump on board, and I don't understand that. I don't understand that impulse. Why can't we just wait, give it see a when chance. it comes out, you know, give it its give it its fair shake and then get there it's just it seems like every single year we're trying to reach that point quicker and quicker and quicker and i don't yeah. know if it's just because there are so many games out that that it's just easier for people to process it it's like okay if i can write this off then they're not you know, you know as a 
all or nothing mentality sometimes, yeah. Yeah. which uh, is hard mm-hmm. to sift through. Um, it's hard to find a conversation that can evolve and go back and forth versus like posts of it's the best. It's the worst. It's the best. Right. It's the worst. Well, and, and like in video games and film and in, in, in society at large globally, and especially in America right now, the, the social currency of, of the opinion is like weirdly overweighted too right mm. now because like opinions are, are being held up as these like more important than facts, you know, in some mm-hmm. situations. And like, just because this is some person's opinion about this game doesn't mean that that's the truth of that game. You know, like it's, that's not it's your in and of itself. Another story. It's yeah. To read just and like the game itself. And is. it's, but that's like, that's Brandon Jones's opinion of that game, right? Which could Screw be 1000% different from my opinion of that same right. exact game, you mm-hmm. know? And, you never know. So, like, the way I like to think about it, like, with previews especially is uh, it's you have to see it as that person's opinion. And at most, it should be weighted as, like, advice. You know, if you're going to let the opinion sway you at all, it's not like, this game is trash. It's, it's you know, you know, maybe think about it. You know, make your own choice. But, you know, let let this opinion I, influence. I kind of love when... Well, I don't love, but I... I, I it doesn't matter to me, you know. What's what's a game like universally beloved? Give me something like uh, Final Fantasy. Uh, no, not Final Shadow Fantasy. Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. Symphony it's, of the Night. Symphony of the Night. Like everyone loves it. I love it. This is awesome. We're all just loving it together. Right. Evil Within. A lot of people hate this game. They do not like it. I love it. Right. So be it. Like you, you all don't like it. You're missing out. You yeah. know, Last Guardian. I don't like it. I'm missing out. Right. It's kind of like that. <laughs> or, or like, you're totally not missing out yeah. because the experience of your life, wherein you have a finite number of hours, yeah. you don't want to spend those hours playing that game, you're the winner too. Yeah. Like, everyone can be a everyone winner. Everyone always wins. Well, By just following your own tastes Follow and your being hearts. true to yourself. Yes. I, 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 well think, said. I yeah. think we make better things. I think we get better games. We just get better art. We get better everything. When the conversation is, all right, I liked it. Here's why I liked it. Yes. Right. You have a reason. And you say, well, I didn't like it. And then you just, you're, you're building something. Yeah. You know, you're responding to each other and it gets, mm-hmm. gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you have a better understanding yeah. overall because you have those two different perspectives. And so many times I feel like it's like, I liked it. So I need to like... Mm-hmm. Overwhelm you. Right. I need to snuff defend that it as though out. it's a part of who I am. One of the right. greatest like, things like ever, guys. Some, like disease. I feel like the only place to have that conversation right now in life is Easy Allies. Wow, <laughs> I love you all. I love you all uh, so please much. Please support us on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so I'm true, though. We have the best conversations. We do. Like, can, <laughs> like we're talking this, about. Oh, this might be a little bit too self-congratulatory. No, for no. <laughs> but I mean, I'm speaking from my heart. Sure. Like, when I'm not talking to you guys, I'm talking to the patron patrons, and I'm talking on Twitch chat. It's always constructive. Sure. If I don't or do like something, there's always people that feel the same way or a different way and it's always constructive yeah. and that well, and you need I to, to, to know, redirect it to point it back yeah. at our, our amazing fans yeah, yes. like that, yeah. that's, that's always really saying. appreciated because it's a community respect. founded on respect and like yeah. when you when you're not having a conversation in person and you can't hear somebody's like tone and inflection and attitudes uh <coughs> and if you don't know that there's a respect there then you're 
running the risk of just walking into a flame war. Because if you're on text, you know, you don't know how someone is saying something. And you might read it as antagonistic when it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I read, like, like, a Bloodworth Slack message one time antagonistic. I was like, whoa, sorry, dude. Like, I, you know, inflection. Like, yeah, yeah. this came out. I, for whatever reason in that moment, I thought it was, like, accusatory. You were genuinely had a question. I apologize. Like, yeah. internet, you can't. It's hard to find tone. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. You know? Especially me, I'm always yelling. I'm always out of control. I'm cranking to eleven. Like, I you know, I say I'm angry constantly. Yeah, but but that's why, like, I did not want to talk to you about the Last Guardian until we reached this moment where <laughs> yeah. we could be face to face and yeah. we didn't have yeah. to to interpret each other. Where <laughs> yeah. I could just, you know, we could be human beings with mm-hmm. one another. And I think I think that's really important. And I think it's. Because when you write out in text that talk. someone is human garbage because they like the Last Guardian. You can't hear the tone of voice that yes. says, you know, yeah, you're human garbage. You're human garbage. As opposed to like, you're human garbage. Yeah. Yeah. It's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I do not think that at all. See, but I'm just saying, it's, you know, it's an extreme example. But. See the movie Arrival. It's all about communication and yeah. language, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It's a good movie. Uh, Pacing <laughs> issues in the first third. <laughs> are, you guys, are you guys ready for some emails? Oh, yeah. Ready. Gosh. Wait. Hideo Kojima. Yeah. Miyazaki. Whoa. Studio Ghibli. Whoa. Trying to find the frame trap. Uh, so today, I guess I should explain that at the end of the show. Uh, I'm very confused. Um, the, the reason why I started caught in a frame trap is because I just want to mix it up. I want to throw in like this fun little thing, keep people on their toes. But we had so much to talk about today. Yeah. Um, I felt like, you know, it, it was after break. We had so many games that we wanted to share mm-hmm. that like, I didn't want to force it in just because what's caught in a frame trap. Yeah. It's, you'll see. Oh, you guys have, have you, I've never seen I've it. Been, I've been caught in a frame trap before. Frame yeah. Trap. Ian is not. Oh, I've, so, I've never heard of this before. There's like a, a yeah. landmine word that if you say the word, Oh, I don't ever want <laughs> caught in a frame trap to, it's like PB's uh, playhouse. Yeah. <laughs> To have it like John a, becomes flying out. It's crazy. Of it's a very fun thing. Cotton frame trap will come back. We just I love it. I still wanted to compromise the yeah. discussions. So right. okay. I left it out this time. I hunt for it. Yeah. I'm I enjoy it too. I hope I hope people aren't too disappointed. So beforehand, <laughs> but, you pick a word? Yeah. So I have I don't this know how word. He does it. And then when somebody says it, I go, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. And then we get caught in a frame trap. And you all, my, the panel has to play a game to get out of it. Oh and my God. The person that wins. They have to get us out of the frame trap. So Bloodworth does like a tiger knee where he like gets up and yeah. It's one of my favorite Benmore things. This is incredible. <laughs> ever. Yeah. That <laughs> like transcends a bossman. Now game. that we're yeah. talking about it, I think maybe I I will just up. say like buzzwords each yeah, time yeah, yeah. randomly like Yakuza. trying Zero. to trigger it. You know what I was gonna make it today. <laughs> I was gonna make it Majima today. Oh, oh, oh that would have been easy. Yeah. yeah, I messed up. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Like, Prompto. <laughs> Ignis, yeah. Gladiolus, um, our first, Coleman. Our first email comes in from, comes in from Joe. Uh, once I read this, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to take a quick research break. Dude, I took two. Uh, he says, hi, Bennett Allies. After listening to the discussion about The Last Guardian in your most recent podcast, oh, something no. Bloodworth said caught my attention. Oh, my. He briefly brought up trophies in The Last Guardian, particularly one that requires you to painstakingly hear every hint in the game. Mm. It's got me thinking about trophies, and I was wondering if any of you have had your overall impression of a game tainted as a result of trying to get a platinum trophy, (laughs) or all of the achievements in that particular game. It's a good question. The early, early days when trophies launched, uh, I believe they the first game I played on with a trophy was uh, Dead Space. It was Mm. one of the earliest games, and I platinumed the game. I absolutely loved hunting for it. It was when they were new, when they were fresh, 
it was this like end goal that was extra to the game uh and those are always my favorite trophies i think i think final fantasy 15 does the platinum perfectly where it is see everything in the game bloodborne one of the best platinum trophies of all time see everything in the game and you get it but it isn't like prohibitively difficult exactly i mean bloodborne is difficult but like it's not it's not one of those things where it's like it's not tedious beat the game in two hours yes. or like or like find this one exact thing a hundred times yeah you know like oh sometimes they just feel paddy yes and those i don't like get 50 headshots with this gun like uncharted has right. terrible right. trophies right. it's like 30 <laughs> kills with this gun 50 kills with this yeah. gun 30 with this upgrade the pistol kills while you're hanging on a ledge with grenades and it's like you have to change the way you play the game to get those and yeah. i reached a point in my life very early on where i said nope so nope. i don't even really yeah i'm i'm, I'm out I, yeah. I i turned them off for capture yeah right. uh and i yeah, i haven't it's turned them back on on the xbox one or the ps4 because how, how awful is that when you like finally get this moment you, know, you get uncharted and you like finally get to the the location you've been searching for the whole game wow yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on totally. yeah. You know? yeah i don't like that like you're playing video game like, yeah. yeah so uh i i've will... never had that ne- negative reaction thankfully yeah i will only look at the trophy list if it's a game that i love so much that i'm going to replay but on my first playthrough yeah. no matter what game it is from the most important to the least important i won't look at the trophies period yeah I like it when they're when when you get trophies for what you would do anyway. Mm-hmm. Like the way you want to play the game is also the way that you platinum the game. Mm-hmm. That means they've they've done well thought out trophies and they're not just these MacGuffins that you have to like go out. <laughs> like they should be hard because it yeah. should feel like a reward to platinum a game. I've only yeah. pl- I've only intentionally platinum two games ever. Yeah. Bloodborne and the Witness. And my God, the witness, the yeah. challenge room. Oh boy, that was like an hour, two hours of just nightmarish hell. But at the same time, it's but be, then once I'm done, thing, you know? right? Then once I was done, I was like, oh, you know, like it felt so good. It's and cool. Bloodborne, it was like, it it was the, it was the carrot at the end of the stick that pushed me hard enough to do what I enjoyed doing anyway, but might not have done had there not been that reward. Yeah, you know. On a side note, for the trophy hunters out there. Um, I have a pretty high trophy level, not toot my own torn, but I don't have a lot of platinums because I try to move on to games. Right. And I've noticed now that to boost your PSN level, like those platinums are the way to do it, which I think is a, is a really cool, neat little thing for, you know, trophy hunters out there. It's, you know, you get a ton of bronzes and, yeah. and silvers, and they really don't put a dent. I've been I've been at, level thirteen for like a thousand years. Yeah, like bronze and silvers really don't do anything. Oh, Gold golds are nice, but like the platinum is the way to level up on PSN, which uh, which I respect for that whole community out there. It's cool. Um, kind of exactly what you were saying that you don't pay attention to it unless uh, there are games that you absolutely yeah. love. That is why I like trophies and achievements so much. And if we ever got rid of them for whatever mysterious reason, it would bum me out. Mm-hmm. Because, like Yakuza Zero, yeah, um, I love that game so much that I want to get the platinum trophy mm-hmm. as motivation to keep playing. Exactly, and I like that—that that extra motivation, yeah. Yeah. evil within. It's like, all right, new game plus. I'm going right. back. Let's get this. Right, yeah. and, you know. Uh, there's some trophies that I really respect that that. that are kind of stupid, extremely aggravating, but mm-hmm. like beating the game like 
on a Kuma mode. Yeah. Like, where you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like when they have fun with it, like the really funny ones, like Uncharted 4 is the funniest one. The E3. Remember at E3, the demo broke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That it like oh, froze. Oh, yeah, stand still for... So it's like reliving that E3 moment. You just stand there. <laughs> Anywhere or right at that? It's like right at that, oh, in that funny. area, right there. That's really funny. <laughs> well, like with Bloodborne too, it was funny because like the one, because you have to get all the endings. And when I realized that, I'd already beaten it three times. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I'd already done half of that anyway. Or twice or something. Yeah. New Game Plus. But anyway, platinums are fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the best, the hard, easiest man. platinum in they're the world so was the Telltale Walking games. Dead One. Telltale Games. They, I think they made them change it now, but like no, Walking Dead One, it's back. Really? Yeah. I got a platinum. They, just they for got rid of it and then they got it back. Just there's like uh, yeah. maybe season two, you don't get the platinum, but now season three and Batman. Just seeing the end. Just yeah. beat the game. And I thought that it. Sony like didn't you, want. You that. probably have a lot of platinums from Telltale. Thanks, Telltale. Yeah, I only have like didn't they ten or so? There was one game like Firewatch or some some game like that that the trophies you just it's like that, but there is not a platinum. Yeah. Or something like Overcooked that. Overcooked is like a that. lot of games. Yeah. Have, like have, I've got I've got all the trophies in Overcooked, yeah. but I don't have a platinum. Right. Dude, man, there's some people on my friends list. R. Fisher, if you're watching, this guy's a pro gamer. This guy's got like 180 platinums. Whoa. Like, how do you do it? That's incredible. Well, how do you do Brad it? Brad has a lot, too. He, he tries Brad? to plat everything. No, he, he only has a couple. Oh, I thought nice. he tried to platinum like everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, cause, well, because it's funny because Brad always comes up to me and he's like, oh, man, I want to platinum that. He has the desire so much to platinum something, but like so many games are always coming out right, that he gets right, like, right. sidetracked. But he's platinumed every Souls game. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. That's, okay. that, that's, that's, that's really all you need to do. That's all you need. Life. Once you've platinumed every you Souls pass? game, you've yeah. platinumed everything. Yeah, yeah. sure. Dean I Souls? feel like I've platinumed one Souls yeah. game, and I feel like all right, I'm cool. I don't need to platinum things anymore. Yeah. Brad's a professional gamer. Yeah, I want to platinum Dragon actually. Quest Eleven. That's what I want to platinum right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. Yes. <laughs> Our next email comes in from Christian. He says, Dear Allies, <clears throat> now that 2016 is in the books, I'd like to hear about everyone's favorite things from the year, and I don't mean video games. Ooh. I'm talking movies, music, TV, and yes, even anime. Really, anything non-gaming you'd like to give credit to. It's always fun to hear about you, uh, what you guys are into outside of games. P.S. If Huber is on, I need to hear his favorite wrestling stuff from last year, and also who he wants stuff? to win the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, Royal Rumble! Can't wait! January 29th! Uh. I already have I already have my day planned out my day planned out I have a date <laughs> I have a date with Brad Ellis we're gonna watch Royal Rumble and then when Royal Rumble's over we're gonna go see Resident Evil the final chapter nice this is uh, January 29th is like I'm counting down the days for this day I cannot wait who do you want to win <laughs> who do I want to win the Royal Rumble yeah um no Resident Evil yeah <laughs> who the T virus I want. Uh, a dream that will probably not happen. I want Kurt Angle to come back to WWE for the first time in 10 years and win it. If Kurt Angle doesn't win, I want Jericho to win because I think that'll be hilarious. Hilarious dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. So. What what else did you like? Oh, we, oh it's still you, on me? Sorry. Are you going? I don't uh, know. He, my, he's just in January 20th. Yeah. Right yeah, 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 yeah. Wrestling knocked uh, him out. Yeah. Real quick. Down. I... I so I, I spent all my time hyping up Vikings mm-hmm. um, at the ex, at the expense of some other TV shows that that kind of fly under the radar. I really really want to hype up the Americans. I've I've talked about it a couple times, but not enough. Um, Vikings is like my my soul. Like I, it's my favorite show because I just 
feel like in a past life maybe I was a Viking, um, <laughs> which is kind of disturbing because they do some pretty messed up stuff. Uh, but in terms of like my favorite show to watch in terms of just quality and entertainment value, it's The Americans, uh, especially last season. They're on just a, like whenever a show has a a progressive arc from season to season. There's no dips in quality or no sidetracking. It's just a constant acceleration uh, that builds and builds and builds on each season. Um, that's what I love most. And The Americans is disturbingly underrated. It hurts my soul. Uh, I cannot hype this show up enough. Please, please watch The Americans if you do not. That sounds good. Oh, it's so I watch the pilot. I, I always like it. I, so I always I always put people to the test. Watch the first twenty minutes of episode one. If you're not hooked, like I don't know what to say, then, then I can't help you. Then I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah then I'm, then I'm just blatantly wrong. Right. You will be hooked in the first twenty minutes. Uh, my favorite. I'm doing movie. that tonight. It's so good. It's real good. <clears throat> my favorite movie of 2016, I think, was Green Room. I haven't. <laughs> Seen L or Nocturnal Animals yet? Uh, Hell or High Water was also pretty good. Um, there were a few good ones. My favorite album, bar none, uh, is Agnes Obel's Citizen of Glass. That album is incredible. Like every second of that thing, I just adore. Uh, I really liked, I think this was 2016, I really liked season two of Documentary Now. I think that the uh, Juan Likes Rice and Chicken, or I think it's Juan. Uh, somebody likes rice and chicken. Uh, is an amazing episode. The the um the one that makes fun of um Gary, what's his name, Spalding or whatever. Uh, Spalding Gray or whatever his name is. The the monologist. Uh, Parker something's location is everything or whatever. That episode is amazing. There like some of the episodes are real stinkers, but some of them are really good. Um, that was really good in 2016. Uh, Game I of Thrones. Think of some other stuff, but yeah. I was like kind of hard out on Game of Thrones. Not hard out, but I was kind of like pulled back a I, little bit. I, I have actually never been more out of Game of Thrones. Oh than I no! Yeah. I thought the newest yeah. season was so good. Not not because of the <laughs> events that are happening, but because there's one character that I I I'm so done with. I'm so over. I want. I please stop focusing on this character. It's like just because Game of Thrones to me is always just kind of have to all of character. them. Yeah, Game of Thrones is always like hey, I can't, it's a spoiler. Like it, uh, even even saying at this point it, in the season, whisper it to me. I think you know who I'm talking about. Uh, it's like it's the one that wins basically. It's like it's like Game of Thrones to me is like eh, that checks and balances. And like it's the point now where it's like you really want to be in this family. You re- you really want to be one of them because you win all the time and it's just kind of like okay and it's not a point of like ah that i hate that when that like somebody wins i'm like that's cool i'm just ready for a a new story it's just rough when they're just like we're gonna replace these eight characters with this one person who's had nothing but amazing things happen to them the entire show the problem the problem with game of thrones is that the show itself goes out of its way to tell you that the show doesn't matter because it's trying to be like life and doesn't matter and then like it's hard to have a show where nothing matters and whole plot lines and characters don't really matter where you also care. 
So like I I just now like watch it like it's just colors and sounds that my brain like kind of has fun with. I just and read then all I the books. On. I'm too invested. Yeah, I I'm not. I'm, I'm also but, heavily invested. So but, I just uh, like watch it. You know, and, like all it's right. a point now where like when I'm with my family, like my brother and my sister in law, my parents and stuff like that, and it comes up, they all kind of look at me like, uh oh, uh oh, Jones. are you gonna go off again? And I'm just like, I guess not. I guess I'll just. I, I don't. I have never cried so hard in my life with the episode. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. That, I've completely like, forgotten everything that happened in the last season. There was episode the, nine was, oh, there was an episode wow, in the middle there that was a big, big payoff where I was just weeping for like two hours. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if any medium of anything, a book, movie show, whatever, if you do that oh, yeah. to me at oh. least one time, you have my lifelong respect. <laughs> Period. Speaking of, you make me that, that emotional. Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, San Junipero, top episode of anything ever. I'm not there yet. I'm close. I know you're not there yet. I wept. <laughs> oh my god. There was a moment where I was like, I was just hoping this thing would happen, and then as soon as it happened, I just sat there at my computer just weeping. I don't know. I don't weeping. know if I told you this, but I didn't finish the rest of the season. Because once I saw James Junipero, I was like, I'm full. I don't, yeah. need, it's, I don't it's, need any more Black Mirror. It's, it's just, the it's, single. It's so good. It's, it's an hour long, and it's yep. the most like flawless. well done it hour of probably anything yeah. I've seen in so long. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, my God. It's really good. Man. And like Black Mirror is generally pretty good. Season two is obviously the weakest. But, like, oh, man. Transcendent. Just the single greatest hour of television possibly in like decades San Junipero <laughs> I, I mean I, I, don't, I don't know so what we're there, but yeah. it's really Super good style. it is really yeah. good yeah. No, no, I mean, selling, baby. Just, I mean yeah. personally emotionally affecting yeah. more than to yeah. me anything right. probably in no, my entire it, life but it, like extremely emotional yeah and, like really pulls on you in ways yeah. that are yeah very oh powerful. San Junipero mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I like The Arrival. I saw that over the holidays. Arrival. One of the things I really love about Arrival. Arrival, that if people haven't seen this film that you can probably glean yes. from it, it's like there there is a thing you discover at the end of this movie you do not know going into it. And what I, what I really like about Arrival is that a lot of times when I see that movie, it's always like, ha ha, gotcha, stupid. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I should have known, I guess. I don't know. There's just always this weird kind of antagonistic <laughs> attitude where yeah. it's like, he's Kaiser Soze, you dummy. And like, yeah. ah. And like, <laughs> a, and like, Arrival's not that. It's kind of like, yay, now you know. Go tell yeah. your friends. Yay. It just, it, it's you very celebratory. What, you know what the distinction is? It's because you, the audience is finding out with the character. Yeah. True. Like, that, that is, is why point, yeah. that ever, like, when... When dramatic irony is irritating, it's right. because you know something and you're just waiting for the morons in the movie to figure it out. <laughs> or when you've called something... Like, that's why Shyamalan movies don't work anymore because you know the twist beforehand, you know? Right. This movie, you're like... The character is confused by things that you're also confused by. And you're like, why is this reaction happening? This doesn't make sense. And then later, it's like, aha! It, <laughs> it all The reason it didn't make sense is because it didn't make sense. Like, good. And another thing that I thought... Uh, kind of played the same tune that Arrival did in in a sense of playing on expectations was Westworld, which uh, finished and then over the holidays went back and watched the first three episodes and was like, oh! I was like doing a jigsaw puzzle in the back of the living room and Amanda was like on the couch watching with her parents and every now and then Amanda would be like, and I'm like, I know, I know, I know. And she's just like, I can't say it. Like, oh my God. But just like something, like something people would say or some like a throwaway comment yeah. that I'm like, oh, they just told us the whole thing. And I really like it because it plays on expectations. It plays on what we... Th- You're probably going to think this. You're going to see this yeah, character yeah. and think, oh, they're going down that way. And we're going to let you think we are. We're going we're gonna to play that up big time. And then 
then we'll turn in another direction. And you're like, oh, I only fell for that because that's how t- stories are typically told in television and film. Yeah. Uh, so I liked it kind of subverting, you know, a lot of those the expectations. The pilot of Westworld, I literally <laughs> said it was like the pinnacle of yeah. human achievement, you know? And then, you know, I, I got a lot less enthusiastic about it as it went on. But there, like, There's something really charming about the image of you just like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> yeah. I didn't finish it. If it makes it, you know. Yeah. I love it. Just a full disclosure. <laughs> I mean, but, that's uh, art. And it's also, you if, never if, do. if you like, you know, people are uh, asking for opinions and everything but video games. If you do like video games, Westworld is very amusing in, in yeah. that way because it does play on a lot of uh, I was watching uh, Westworld RPG, and I was like, man, this Western is a fun game. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that also was like... the most de- debaucherous, like, psychologically destructive game. Like, yeah. but Amanda turned to me while we were watching it. She's like, you would like to go there, wouldn't you? I'm like, you have no idea. Oh, I'm there God. all the time. I'm yeah. here. Um, but just hearing the language of them talking about, this is my third time, and I'm going evil this time, and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I, I've had that conversation doing New Game Plus and playing yeah, games over yeah. and over. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But uh, I, I marathon documentaries on Netflix. Uh, I recommend um, Oliver Stone's Untold History of the United States. is very interesting. Uh, not as a package, because sometimes you're like, okay, Oliver Stone, calm down. But like, just <laughs> interesting things about World War II. He starts at World War II and goes up to the present day. Mm. And um, just a little fun. It's focuses a on it's a, it's a series. Okay. Um, uh, focuses on characters in history that didn't really get a lot of focus. And I think that's what Merch is saying. Not that, like, this conspiracy is true, but, like, right. did you know this person existed? Like, oh, I didn't. And, like, they could have played a much bigger role in history, but except for this one bad day they had, and now, the, you know, history doesn't remember them. Um, and uh, CNN does a fantastic, uh, I get my retro retrospective, you know, rocks off from CNN and their, uh, they start with the 60s, and then they did the 70s, and then they uh, did the 80s, which premiered this year, but is now finally on Netflix. Nice. So you can go check that out. Eight episodes. There's one that's all about technology that's awesome. It's cool to see, it's cool to see a dude in the 80s, what, like, showing the newscaster an Apple II. And the newscaster's like, we're going to have computers in our homes? I don't know about that. And he's like, he's like not only are you going to have computers in your homes... It's one day you're gonna have a computer that you can take with you when you go places. Like when you go somewhere else, you can be able to do business because you'll have a computer with you. He's like, this thing right here is gonna be in my what? pocket one day. And like this guy's like 1983. It's like, yeah, dude. He like totally that gets it. with you like know? Matt Lauer, where it's like the internet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? So it's cool. It's cool to go back and be like, oh yeah, the VCR was huge. I forgot. Like, have you watched was... documentary now? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen all of them, but oh, okay. yeah, I've seen the first yeah. couple. I oh, love yeah. them. I love yeah, those yeah, two yeah. guys. They're really funny. You gotta Especially watch the rest. Armistead. They're amazing. He's, he's really great. Bill um, Hader crushes it in season two. But um, <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of I get lots of Netflix in my life. Very good. Very good. I want to watch the OA. I've heard that's. Crazy. Every Dude. time I turn Netflix, they're Brit like Netflix Gritty. original. I'm like, you huh? can't. No, Brit this Marling. is what? Like, yeah. how many shows did you buy this year? Right. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <coughs> there it is. What about you, Ben? Um, yeah. What about you? Ben? Well, just because I consumed so much of it during Christmas break, um, and the reason I consumed so much of it during Christmas break is because we're doing a new anime podcast later this month. Um, so I've been watching a lot of anime and manga, and uh, I was. Not too long ago, uh, that was at a point where I was like, man, anime isn't as good as it used to be, and just like being really cynical and grumpy about it. But so many things I've watched have brought me so much joy, and I just love them so much. Uh, JoJo, which we've talked about, uh, Mopsaka 100 is what I've been watching recently, and I'm almost done with that. That's done by the uh, the guy who made One Punch Man, but uh-huh. the animation for Mopsaka 100 and, and, and like how it nails its humor, like. Oh, it's a fun show to watch. And Food Wars is a fun show to watch. And I think <laughs> I think that might be the, the easiest sell in a way because it's this show where this this kid goes to this elite food academy. That's not red. Where 
everybody is kind of a jerk and they they just like everything is ruled by how well you cook and like the, the there's like this upper crust that looks down on everybody else they call the elite 10 upper and crust when you have a disagreement with a student you have a showdown nice. and it's like judge and there's there's like this whole stadium of people that will watch and uh, it's really really fun kind of based around this dumb idea but there's this comedy element to it that when you have these, like, these are chefs that are so good that when you eat the food, you have, like, a sexual reaction to it. You're just like, oh, my God. And, like, there'll be, like, they'll be naked and, like, light will be exploding off of them because they enjoyed the taste so much. But in spite of all of its, like, insane anime bizarreness, there's kind of, like, this this believable heart to it. Like, you actually do have characters that develop. I, I was attached to them. I wasn't just laughing. There's kind of a through line that you follow and appreciate. And I think that heart is kind of what makes it work so well. And it's it's really fun. Nice. Check it out. Yeah, 2016 um, was the year Naruto ended, finally. Yeah. The anime. Yep. And uh, Worth the journey. Over 10 years. Like, I, I know I've already talked a lot about it and so i'm not gonna go into too much detail but i finished full metal alchemist and brotherhood like, yeah oh i was like so I, I, I was actually in tears i never finished it uh, you never finished i never it? finished it i got like halfway oh. brotherhood's oh. like the retelling yeah right? it so was amazing here's, here's what, too from what i saw like 90 percent of her comments were corrections on this so <laughs> when they were making the original full metal alchemist anime the manga hadn't finished and so okay. they reached a point where they had kind of had to go in their own direction uh. full metal alchemist brotherhood they they follow the manga. Okay, starting from the beginning again. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dude, you are somebody better. that yeah. talks about endings and payoffs. Yes. And how much you love it. Yes. And it just sends you to cloud nine. Yeah. You Naruto. The the ending to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. The payoff. <sighs> oh my god. I gotta get back into it because it's pretty short. There's it's like forty this, something. So right? there's sixty four episodes. Okay. It's doable. But, it's doable. I, again, not to just like rely on hyperbole, but but actually one of the best anime that I've ever seen. Yeah, like, oh, wow. The characters, like it's a shonen anime, right? It mm-hmm. it it's in the same category as like Dragon Ball and Naruto or One Piece or anything like that. But how well those characters are written and the things that they go through, mm-hmm. like that's not it's not just anime good. It is just good good. Yeah, we need to make that <laughs> distinction. Yeah, I, like this is something that I feel like I could recommend to somebody that doesn't give two craps about anime. Yeah. Or, Which is pretty rare. I always go to like Death like Note or something. Yeah. There's not a lot of animes where I'm like, you don't like anime at all, but you should watch this. Yeah, I feel that way here. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like, I would never tell anyone to watch Naruto that's not an anime. There's no way. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah. But Cowboy Bebop is the easy Cowboy one. Bebop, Cowboy Death Note. Yeah. 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 And, and, and Cowboy Bebop is, is still my favorite, but I, I definitely like put it in that category yeah. for sure. So, yeah. Akira, dip your toe in. I think Akira is too long and weird for for people who aren't into anime. Maybe a just lot a of movie time. though. Two yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. It's just well, Quick it's like two and a half. I think it's yeah. too long. Um, you guys ready for the last email? I think so. Last I'm ready. Do we hit five hours? Uh, no. This is the longest frame trap we've ever done though. Yes. Mission accomplished. Three twenty three. <laughs> this is from Brogan. Uh, it's kind of a long one, so get ready. Uh, Steam sale, Xbox Christmas sale, PSN flash sale. My trigger finger fires faster than my well-trained duck hunt eye can register the deals, um, and I'm afraid they might fly away. I'm only 26, but I've accumulated a game library of a 90-year-old man. I call it Ben Moore syndrome, and I'm a case of it. 
You beat me to the joke. I've made a decision, one that the allies have mentioned before, about taking a year off to play through my backlog. I'm still going to tune into podcasts, listen to game discussions, maybe make notes for next Christmas for Splurge, but there will be no Switch, no PSVR, no Neo, no Mass Effect Andromeda for me this year. Wow. Wow. Discipline. Yeah. Could not do that. It pains me to... Excuse me. It pains me to even say that. I guess I don't really have a question, more of an observation, and forgive me if you've discussed this before, uh, but are games just at a point now where we have to accept on missing out? Um, excuse me, where we have to accept missing out on amazing things? Yes. For instance, ask Jones. Yo, that's that's games. That's like the definition. <laughs> I look up games in the dictionary, and it's like, you mean that art uh, medium that you'll experience five percent of? Like, yep, yeah. that one. <laughs> this, this is a. Can I? I don't know if you're done there, but yeah, that's 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 the question. Um, okay. I could I could list more games I, that break my heart that I have not played than games that I have that I would consider my favorite games. Like I could I could rattle off all sorts of franchise Mass Effect. You know, it's like I didn't. You know, I played the first one for like an hour twenty. <laughs> it's just like ah, they're out there. Uh, there was some other game. Oh, today or yesterday? Just out of out of nowhere. It's like how does my brain work? Then I'm I, I'm at the gym working out, and all of a sudden, Dragon Age Inquisition just I'm like, what? How, whoa! What what on earth inspired? Was it the television? Was it something? Somebody said a line of dialogue or something? But I was like, I never played that, and I played one and two ravenously. You know, I played two like three times all the way through. I just kept you know, yeah. switch new character and change abilities and stuff. You uh. have a lot going on. Mm. And it's funny that you guys just most immediately said like, "Yep, that's you just have to accept it." Yeah. Because I I, I, need, I need to say something that I, I haven't been able to publicly express before. You're right. That is the rational perspective. I don't feel that way. I believe that someday I'll be able to play everything that I want to play. The amount of content like, that comes out and the length that it takes so is basically impossible. I, I, know, I know. I know. It's I know. more and more and more. Like 2017 <laughs> content because of the way Netflix is working right now. No. Yeah. 2017 is going to be the hardest year ever to Dude, get this stuff. But like, <laughs> that's where the, the that's the reason I buy all these games. Like I just bought. Two Dragon Guard games. And I'm like, yep, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm do it. Through them. I'm, I'm playing. Do that. I'm like, yep. This year, I'm gonna play through yeah. the entire East series. Like, um, it's not gonna happen, but I want to have that thanks, hope. Thanks to a combination of Brad and you saying, "Yo, just hop in." Yeah, I've used that, and Brad saying, "Just play what you want to play." Right. Yeah. Um, I've been able to finally, finally play what I want to play in the moment. Like, if I am halfway through a game. And I need to get through it. Like, Birth by Sleep, I put away for for a year. Finally went back, but stopped halfway because I wanted to play something else. Like, I'm at a point right now where even if something is pressing and on the the video game community consciousness, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Titanfall 2 just come out and everyone's talking about it, got to play it. It's like, well, I'm kind of feeling Darkest Dungeon right now, so I'm going to do that. Like, Brogan, like, no, like... (laughs) taking an entire year off to play other things like i could never do that because i don't want to force myself to play anything i just kind of want to play what i want to play in the moment yeah and uh i think i've enjoyed games more because of it maybe take it month by month right focus on january and then see where you're at how you feel at the end like if you want to play neo play neat like i don't know like my i mean for me i'm a little different than 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 you guys because i don't like the majority of games, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't dislike them. I just know what I like, yeah. and I play yeah. what I think I'm going to like. And if I'm not sure I'm going to like it, maybe I'll borrow it from you guys because you buy everything. Yeah. But, like, I, I can't tell if I'm fortunate 
for being this way or or unfortunate because I'm missing out on things that might surprise me, you know? But for me, this has never been an issue because I, I purchase maybe fewer than 20 games a year mm-hmm. and finish maybe three of them. Oof. And Crazy. I mean, those numbers are probably wrong. Crazy. Like, it might be like 30 games yeah. a year, and I finish you just like five or six. You a cold sweat. Yeah, yeah. yeah because right. that's good. I, I, like this, ditch, this difference yeah. right here. Right, right, right. Yeah, between the two like, of them. That's like, what... <laughs> I intend to beat Neo. I will probably finish the campaign of For Honor, play multiplayer for a couple of weeks, and then get tired of it. The last Dark Souls 3 DLC. The last Dark Souls 3 DLC I'm going to play. If a Bloodborne 2 or something comes out, no question I'm going to finish mm-hmm. that, even if I like have issues with it. But like... I'm going to start Final Fantasy 15 tonight. Yeah. I probably won't finish that. Like, I'm playing Let It Die, and I want to finish it. But if I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not going to, like, hate myself. That's that's where I get into trouble, is I play what I want to play right now. Like, anything that's calling me. But when I start said game, I intend to finish. Right. And I'm going to be locked in until I finish. Like, don't thing. be afraid. But every time like, that I finish, it's like, okay, what do I want to play? If, do, I have, yeah. My backlog is 100 games, or this new thing came out. Whichever one. And like Doom, you know, I loved playing Doom. Got to hell and I was like, all right. And I stopped playing it. <laughs> At hell? Yeah, I saw it and I was like, okay, I've seen it. <laughs> and I was like, I get it, you know. Like, and that's, you know, wow. whatever. But it's just <laughs> how I experienced that game. Like, but you had you fun know, with it? I had fun. I had a blast. And yeah, then I was like, okay, it's it's getting samey. I'm done. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> Not my experience with that game. Yeah, I mean, whatever, yeah. you know. But I mean, like to me, on the other hand, too, like you bought a lot of things because you were very excited about them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's that's a way to do it. But there's probably a reason that you didn't play it because other things were more interesting to you at the time. Mm-hmm. And I nope. get the impulse of wanting to go back and play all the things you paid for because you want to feel like. There wasn't money wasted, you know. Oh, I don't care about that. Okay. Like, like money, like money is just a means to an end. Like, right. You know, like I, money is for food and video games right, and movie. Tickets. Right. Like, I yeah. Don't, yes. And rent. <laughs> yeah. That's and if you have it. kids, maybe like yeah. helping them go to college sure. or whatever. But. but I'm just like I don't get enjoyment out of money. No, not right? do I. Like yeah. I, video games inspire me. Video games make me yeah. excited. That's something that I care about may way more than the price I pay. I'm not saying that's a smart way to think about it. No, right. That's how I think about it. I just no, have this saying, image of you like, in a back alley throwing money <laughs> like Yakuza. Or like in the game store. That's what he does. Yeah. 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 Throwing video games. Yeah, like walking to gameplay. I will I, say something that has come up recently <laughs> that that I've used to justify my insanity yeah. is sometimes it's much easier for me if I'm like, okay, I don't have time to get for this now, but I'm going to buy it and like have it in my apartment where I have easy access to it because there have been a lot of times where I've wanted to play something or I've needed to play something for a project and like tracking it down is just such a huge pain yeah. in the butt. Um, also, uh, once I reach the age of 75, I'm going to donate all my games to a museum. That's nice. a good idea. Yeah. All your digital games. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I mean... Right. One of my favorite new Easy Allies things, now that yeah. we all communicate mostly on Slack, is like the Ben Moore countdown. So if like Bloodworth goes into like the codes channel and he's just like, hey, I got the codes for this. And I'm just like, tick. Yeah. Tick. 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 Oh, and like a day goes by and Ben's like, 
I'll take that. Nobody said anything. You give it. You give it the appropriate amount of time. It is not a critique. It just amuses me to no end. That's what we all do. That you like Ben has a easy allies, no game left behind policy. Like no code will go unfulfilled. Except for criminal girls. No one's taken that. No, I took that. I took it reluctantly though. I should say that I took it reluctantly. But it's like a kitten out in the cold. You won't let it. Right. Right. Right, you know, you gotta get but you gotta my my home. advice, my advice that I do is like I only purchase a game if I intend to play it as soon as it's downloaded. Yeah, unless the sale is so good, because like sometimes like everyone goes gaga about Steam sales, you know, and I look at them and like usually they're good, but not enough of them are like, oh my god, ninety five percent off. That game is two dollars and is normally forty forty. Like I'm gonna buy it just on principle, you know, like. Usually the deals are like, okay, it's half off, but it it's whatever. Me, though, this year specifically, because like Watch Dogs I didn't get through and Titanfall I haven't gotten through, those sales have, have made me realize like, wow, if you just wait yeah. two or three months, yeah. you are going to save so much money on the, the PSN Flash sales, the Steam sales, the Xbox Live sales, because they were like, Watch Dogs I think was 30, Titanfall was like 20 or 30 bucks. Like, oh my goodness. Like, if you don't I care... I took the shrink wrap of Dragon Guard 3 last night. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, I mean, if you don't care about anything, you're going to save a lot of money. But you're not going to have as much fun in your life. Yeah. So, I, like, life so is for fun. living. Yeah, yeah, life is for living. If you want to buy a bunch of games, that's great. What's, what's confusing, to, I think, to a lot of people... And I don't know how I could possibly say this very sure. I think people think that I have a lot of money, and I don't. I don't have any. I am constantly money. confused how you're capable of buying yeah. all these games. I have no idea where it's coming from. Anything else? Right. Yeah. That's what I do. But you eat. Yeah. I see you eat. Yeah. But like, you know, I'll have ramen. top ramen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like three days in a row. You know, uh, and that Omar, doesn't matter to me. My roommate Omar, who works at Funhouse, he bought he bought a a case of top ramen. Yeah. Or whatever. And I went into his room and I was like, "Are you okay? What happened? Like no one, no one buys Did that you get much laid ramen. Off? Yeah, I'm like, no one buys that much ramen for good reasons, you know. Yeah. And then, and then actually, he was like, "Well, it's because this flavor you can only get in bulk, and it's the flavor he likes." That's funny. He's like, "This is the racist flavor that you can't buy in stores because oh, it's my. called Oriental." Whoa. And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> actually, that. a cogent reason for buying a huge amount of ramen." Jeez. I'm glad you're okay. But it was pretty funny. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Are you sure? Trip. Three hours and 34 We're minutes? Really? Three hours and 34 minutes in. Not, not long enough? No, we might have we might have reached the point where it's too long. The entire no day. Way. Everyone's going to be pumped. The, yeah. Sophie's well, ready for dinner. Let me put it that way. Is she in the house? The, she yeah, she's in the okay. bed. Poor Brandon. Poor Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Poor, uh, poor Brandon. Yeah. Poor Brandon. Poor Brandon. <laughs> Uh, Why for letting us be at your house constantly, yeah. though? For real? Can I can I just say one of my favorite things? We're talking about favorite things from 2016. I enjoy like opening the back door and being like, "Are they still doing tabletop?" And just hearing like, "Ah!" And I'm like, yeah. You know, it's like it's like it's like just like open up the door and all the kids are sleeping. Like, yeah. I love it. There's something cozy yeah. about it. I guess. Very very I cozy. Yeah. That's nice. I'm glad that you have that mindset. Yeah, I don't have to cut it too. Other... It's a good feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, otherwise it's like a tsunami just approaching the house. They're still shooting. <laughs> no, there was a there was a three week break uh, 
with frame trap because of the holidays and so I thought let's let's go longer let's double down uh, extended edition yeah, extended cut uh, this this probably <laughs> won't happen every time but who knows with Maybe your least five favorite hour frame trap member. will come to pass yeah. at some point whoever's on next suck it with your short frame trap yeah, yeah. two hours I got to devour stuff. Uh, but thank you guys so much for watching especially if you made it from beginning to end all the way to this point you're a trooper. Uh, if you want more of us, uh, please go to patreon.com slash easyallies where you can mm. support us directly. We also post everything on there. If you want to communicate with us, it's a really good way to do it. We're also on YouTube, youtube.com slash easyallies. Twitch.tv slash easyallies. We're streaming all the time. All the time. Zabby probably playing through probably something right, right now, now. <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. I'm sorry. I'm I really feel terrible that my voice is in such a terrible state. And I've been talking all that Not stuff. Not smoky. It happens to the best of us. But it's, it's a sultry Yeah. My, I know my friend Armin is pumped. Let me tell you about anime. <laughs> my, my friend Brennan or his friend Armin watches Easy Allies. Yeah. And he listens to Frame Trap in his car commuting because he drives a lot. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he loves the long way. This is Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there, get you back, get you there, and get you back. <laughs> Let's go to again. Vegas on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. Until next time.